The Diagram, which was the name of this book and the organization that studied it, had not originally been written merely on paper, for on that day of majestic capacity, Taravangian had annexed every surface to hold his genius. From the cabinetry to the walls, and while doing so, had invented new languages to better express ideas that had been recorded by necessity in a medium less perfect than his thoughts. Even as the intellect he was today, the sight of that writing enforced humility. He leafed through pages packed with tiny scrawls, copied, spots, scratches and all, from the original diagram room, created during what felt like a lifetime, as alien to him now as he was the drooling idiot he sometimes became. More alien. Everyone understood stupidity. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 3, Oathbringer. This is just a spoiler warning for interludes I-4, I-5, and I-6. Um, make sure you've uh, done all your reading and that you're all caught up on episodes. If not, and you feel like skipping ahead and don't care about the past, then plow forward and, and join us on this uh, journey. Please enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And he just ordered the death of a whole children's choir... It's Jack. What's up? I I did just do that, didn't I? Yeah. The more the more smart you become, the more vicious you are towards the the children and the maid. Oh my gosh! I uh, I really thought that that was going to happen too. To be yeah. honest with you, yeah. When I read it, well, the, his I, the like Adretasia and uh, Meryl or Meryl, yeah, Meryl, yeah. They're very level headed. Like, thank God for them because. The Honestly, king of Carbranth would literally burn the entire world down, and he, you know what? He actually might. <laughs> they're keeping him at bay. This is this these interludes. Yeah, for me, yeah. are off the hook. Yeah, they're awesome, dude. These are for me. Like they just they broke my brain. Can you uh, can, can you <laughs> like, tell me okay, you uh, before we recorded you uh, told me what your what? reaction to the Teravangian chapter uh, interlude? Could you tell me what oh. it is again? Yeah, so in conclusion, I was like, eh, what the hell? Like, <laughs> it just, it just made me just, it was just a, I don't know, uh, like my mind just was, I, it's like somebody put like a wedge in there. Yeah, we, we'd never you know, seen just, him this intelligent though. We've never, I've never we've never had him, an, a POV with no, him this intelligent yet. It's the unbridled craziness yeah. of Teravangian right. that I've not seen like this before. We've, we have like, seen him. Um, as being like a stupid, yeah, empathic, kindly man, mm-hmm. right? We right. just haven't seen him being like crazy, the super intelligence, super intelligent. Yeah, yeah. It's it makes the it it like literally makes the character so much more interesting after this interlude. I think because you're like, what I, is up? this? Is like the most extreme Jekyll and Hyde there also, is. 
What's that? It's the most extreme Jekyll and Hyde like version, you know. <laughs> it it is definitely Jekyll and Hyde. Right. But but more like it also it I don't know, it's just it's unnerving. Like this person is unglued w- without people that keep it and I'll say it, keep it in check. Right. Because it I suppose is intelligence. Right. Or madness. Well, I love and I have to say that it crosses the line for me, like the the intelligence that he's displaying, yeah. making combinations, uh, the the word in the text often used was interpret. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure you don't. Do we interpret information? I thought that's what. Well, that's you know, that's one of the things about this this interlude that's really interesting is that um, morale is like you just. He's like, you just changed something in the diagram. And he was like, oh, right. You just changed something. And then Terabangian right. just like, oh, I was a little something. Right. You know what I mean? And so I was, I was half expecting the reaction to be a bit more, um, concerning and, and potentially violent mm-hmm. against those changes, because it's like w- once you provide a codex, yeah, then your followers might end up believing in it more than, than you than you do yeah right yeah so i was like well the diagram it, it I, i've just loved this whole idea of the diagram me too when it when, when it first came out i thought i thought that was just such an interesting idea and and, and i kind of want this you know zealous you know f- um, cult following basically i i wonder i wonder greatly you know this this interlude here really makes me think of is the diagram the writings of a genius who has figured out a way to be able to save humanity or mm-hmm. is it gobbledygook and the man who wrote the gobbledygook is only able to use it for his benefit when he's smart because like when he has to rewrite parts of it and interpret yeah. parts of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels, you see, it almost feels like for me. The, the diagram might just be a bunch of nonsense, but when Terry Vangian's really smart, that's when he's smart enough to convince his followers that it means something. Well, I think what's convincing mm-hmm. is the volume of work. Right. Right. The fact that when he goes into this intelligentsia mode, mm-hmm. that's really impressive. So right. I think people look looking in on that and going, wow, this guy really must have something to say. We do he know. really must have something to offer. Right. It's kind of like, but it's, it's, to me, it's more religious than it is intelligentsia. Right. We know that some of the stuff he's written in the d- diagram does come true. Like the scholars, like Adratagia and the group of scholars that study the diagram yeah. have you know, marked a bunch of it as having come true. So I'm not saying that the whole thing is, is nonsense. Do you know what I mean? But it makes me believe maybe some of it is nonsense and some of it's like, well, well, you know what? This was, uh, he was completely crazy and he wrote this crazy thing on the wall. And now he's like, I know what to do with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, to me, it's, it's Nostradamus. It's, it's basically blathering out a bunch of variables. Right. And, and so what if you got lucky with a few of them? Right. Like that's not, that's not academia. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, just, you're shooting darts at a dartboard and, and hoping some, something sticks. This is a guise I find for yeah. academia. This is, uh, I, I don't know f- for me anyways, you know, a character like this looks intelligent and gets followers because they look intelligent. Right, right. Yeah, they, it's they like a cult of personality in, type. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. I think that that's more what, what this is. I think he's very, this is a very dangerous individual. Yeah. Oh, for sure he is. For sure he yeah. is. I, I, he's fascinating. He's one of my favorite characters <laughs> ever because he's so fascinating <laughs> and uh, I love him so much. Okay. So we derailed a little bit here, but let's, uh, let's get we back did. to the episode. I do have something we should talk about before we hit the, oh. the, the, the interludes. Well, we threw it out to the um, the people, the listeners. Yeah, um, yes. and we wanted them to come up with their nickname for a Moash light. Are you ready for what came back? <laughs> yes, Are you ready for the I, list yes, of names for Moash yes, light? Tell me. Yeah, tell me, I yes. wanted to tell you earlier in the week. I'm like, no, I'm going to save it for the show. Okay, sure. so so I got a couple of them. A couple of people. Um, uh, some more came in actually in the last day. And yeah, okay. I, when I, I didn't get a chance to, uh, uh, to, you know, fix my notes. So there are some that I'm leaving out. I'm sorry, everyone that I didn't get to read your, uh, yours on the air if I missed yours. Okay. So Dusty Regalia, who's on the, uh, on the discord came up with a couple. He wrote, okay. Moash damp clothed. <laughs> and the other one I really like, which doesn't really make sense, but I really enjoy it is Moash uh. mildew beard. <laughs> Moash mildew beard. Yeah, I like those. No, um, Ratman yeah, on Discord good. also wrote th- this. This one might be one of my favorite ones. I think this is his top three Moash names. Oh, top three. Moash Breeze Boy, because I like Bridge Boy. I just really like <laughs> Bridge, it. Breeze Boy. Yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. That's good. Yeah. Um, boy. And then he also came up with uh, Moash Drizzle Graced. <laughs> drizzle instead of uh, storm blessed. Storm? He's yeah. just drizzle. He's graced. just drizzle graced. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and, and occasional. Yeah, occasionally drizzle. Bla- drizzle. I can't even say that. Yeah, I know. Occasionally it's hard, right? drizzle. I had to, grace. I had to read them a couple of times. Some of them are are, are tongue twisters. Um, uh, please send in your your best Moash tongue twisters. Um, da- Dan Lee from D- Discord wrote a uh, Moash hmm. storm leavings. Storm what? Storm leavings. Leaving storm leavings. Yeah, and then he storm also wrote droppings. Uh, dino. Yeah. Dino droppings. <laughs> exactly. Droppings? Yeah. Um, and he also wrote, uh, which is really hilarious, uh, Moash fuckface, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, Sister of the Rain uh, also wrote uh, Moash storm leavings, but she also wrote Moash storm left, like the storm, storm has left. left him, which I thought was very poetic. Oh yeah, and then on uh, on Reddit we got some here. Um, um, Moash from House Williams. We got Moash second blessed, and he wrote like in parentheses like second best. He's the second best. He's not Kaladin, uh, ha, 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 but second right. blessed. So it's really nice. Um, Rusty three twenty <laughs> wrote Moash mist tickled. <laughs> <laughs> like he's been tickled, tickled by mist, yeah. <laughs> it's very Moa it's very Kaladin light. Mist Moash mist tickled. Yeah. It and sounds, then it's it's it sounds like a gnome's name. Yeah. And then one of my then the, my uh one of my uh, other ones I really like is Rose Dog wrote Moash Drizzle helped. <laughs> Drizzle helped. Yeah. But my fa- my absolute favorite of the list we have that I wrote okay. down. There's like I said, there's some other ones that came in that I didn't get a chance yeah. to write notes down for. But uh, one of my uh, my favorite ones, and I kind of changed it to make it even better. I think I'm sorry. Oh, but, oh, uh, la- the last Rob on uh, Reddit wrote Moash sprinkle kissed, but I've changed it to <laughs> Moash 
sprinkle kisses because <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle kisses, kisses sounds like a My Little Pony character, which is definitely appropriate for a Kaladin like character. Kisses. Yeah, sprinkle kisses. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I'm Moash Sprinkle Kisses. <laughs> feared most feared in all of Roshan. yeah <laughs> moash sprinkle kisses. did you know i was a shard bearer at one point um okay yeah so that's our list of uh, thank you very much for like you know getting involved well, that's in a great that's a great list yeah wow, it's great. what a great community to yeah. come up with so many it's awesome so fun, things yeah and like, like i said there's, there's a whole bunch of them that we that i did get to write out that came in after yeah. i made my notes so thank you everyone even if you didn't uh, get your uh, yours read on on the air we really appreciate you guys sending them in there they're real fun so <laughs> that's brilliant um okay let's dive into the these interludes here we yeah. get three of them we get Kaza, Teravangian, and Venli. Mm-hmm. And like I said, what a trio of head-smashing interludes here yeah. for me. This was like, what the This first is interlude is, um, is strange. It is strange, but you know what? It's actually, it's really lovely. I yeah. love the way it ends. Yeah. My choice, my destiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Kaz's little journey here is amazing. It I is love really that Sanderson took us on. I feel like I got to know an entire character in a few pages. Yeah. Right? Like I just went on this whole journey. It's crazy. It's really cool too that that we actually end up going somewhere we've never really been before on the map. So right. we go to a place here off the coast, of the like literally on the other side of the world to where we are right now, in Amia. Yeah. And Amia, we know, is a, um, a there was a, a group of people who lived there who have been com- completely wiped off the face of the earth. Some right. it's thought that some people, the people that lived on Amia, were the sleepless. Right, and, and that it was a place you avoided. A place you avoided. It's a place you avoid now, but back before right. it was destroyed, and like right. people, like you know, it, was, it became a place you can't live anymore. The sleepless right. were from there, and from my understanding, um, uh, the axes, the collectors, people were from there as well. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, interesting stuff. Two very different type of people who live on Roshar. One made up of bibits and one who bibits. can kind of change <laughs> their their physiology. Like, remember, uh, Axis could kind of like take away a headache. He could just literally change his physiology and remove a headache, or he oh, could yeah, change his right. physiology and give himself a tattoo and just like <clears throat> right. Yeah. So he. Yeah. So very very strange. Very cool though. Okay. Well, this this interlude begins with Kaza, new character for us. Um, the chap there, sorry, the, the interlude starts with the ship first dreams crashes through a wave, prompting Kaza to cling tightly to the rigging. Her gloved hands already ached as she was certain each new wave would toss her overboard. Mm-hmm. She refused to go down below. This was her destiny. So there we get that line that I love so much. Mm-hmm. It's a bookend begins yeah. like this and it ends like this. Mm-hmm. She was not a thing to be carted from place to place not any longer and i also love this i'm not a thing i'm not a tool right because a lot of people do refer to her well, we'll get into this a little in a little bit but because she right. uses a soul caster the soul mm-hmm. caster is named a soul caster and the person who uses it is also named a soul caster a soul caster and yeah. so you become synonymous with the tool. right right so yeah. it's that's tough yeah. like that's you know 
you are what you do only, you know? Well, here's the thing that I wasn't sure about when using a soul caster Mm -hmm. is the deterioration of the self. Were we clear on that from the previous reading? Not, Not really until this interlude. Okay. Because that's I, really, that's really disturbing. I think that, um, I think that Yasna and Shalon could, can soul cast because of their surges. They have connections with right. Shadesmar and that connection with the, with Shadesmar allows them to soul cast without a soul caster. Right. But for those that use the soul caster, right. it actually deteriorates. As just as a device or whatever, as a magic item. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost like it's encouraging them to go to the beyond. Like they've mentioned it in this, in this several mm-hmm. times, this kind of lure to go to another world. Right. She can see, which, she can kind of see Shadesmar in her mind, like, or even not in her mind, but like wherever she looks, it's like the, 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 um, the veil between the physical world and the spiritual world is thinning right. and she's existing in both. Right. Right. Yeah. It's really... It's really interesting. Again, this was uh, sort of a mind, uh, a cl- uh, I don't know, there's probably a better word for it. I'm not sure. Other than is, mind fuck? Just, I, I was going to say that, but I, I don't really want, didn't want to say it. But. Like mind freak? Like Chris Angel's mind freak? I'm, <laughs> Chris, it's about time we brought Chris Angel into the pod. Yeah, it's fi- finally he's back. Yeah. He's a, it's a mind freak. Okay. Yeah. Um. This was her destiny. She was not a thing to be carted from place to place, not any longer. Besides, that dark sky, suddenly stormy, even though the sailing had been easy up until about an hour ago, was no more disconcerting than her visions. Mm -hmm. So I underline that because I was hoping that that would become more of a prominent component of this chapter, but it's not really. We see her visions. That's what we were just talking about. She starts to see Shadesmar. Right. Right. I was thinking initially when I first read it that, wow, maybe she's having an experience similar to Dalinar. Right, right. That's what I was thinking, but not, not quite. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Another wave sent water crashing across the deck. Sailors were scrambling and screaming. Most of these sailors were hirelings out of Steen. I'm not sure, had we had, we had that name before? Steen? Mm-hmm. Steen is um, a tiny little place on the coast. It's one of the Mackie one of the Mackie Mackie nations. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's right next to Leah Four. Right next to Leah Four. Okay, mm-hmm. and then of course we find out that she's from Leah Four, as mm-hmm. is I think the first mate or something. Yeah. Sailors scrambled and screaming. Captain uh, Vazermeb. Sounds about right. Captain Vazermeb stalked among them, shouting orders, while Draws, the helmsman, kept them on a steady heading. Into the storm, straight into the storm. So I like the, the visual of this interlude is really great. Mm-hmm. This, this crazy storm, they're heading into the, <clears throat> they're heading into the Everstorm, are they not? Yeah. Um, no. Well, I think they're heading into a regular oh, no, high storm. No, this is something else. Yeah. This is like a, a storm that is told in tales that, you know, destroys ships around yeah. this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like to be. Permanently like thing. this here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It stays here in Amia, and it's just like constant. Constant, but then also it, it vanishes. It sort of... Yeah. It seems to be mercurial in that, it's, in that way. It, this, this interlude is, is uh, very mysterious and strange because it's dealing with an area of the world we know next to nothing about. Right. 
Kaza held tight, feeling her age. As her arms started to weaken, icy water washes over her, pushing back the hood of her robe, exposing her face Mm -hmm. and its twisted nature. This was interesting for Mm -hmm. me when I first read it. A few things. Feeling her age, I wondered how old was she? Yeah. And so I I couldn't quite place Kaz in my mind. And then, of course, I was thinking, well, are we talking physical or metaphysical? Is she something other? I couldn't quite figure it out. Mm -hmm. But twisted nature, most sailors weren't paying attention, though her cry did bring Vazermeb's attention. Mm -hmm. The only Thalen on board, the captain, didn't much match her image of those people. Thalens to her were portly little men in vests, merchants with styled hair who haggled for every last fear, but Vazermeb, this captain, was tall, as tall as an Alethi, and hands wide enough to palm boulders. I <laughs> love that description. <laughs> yeah, big Especially man. Especially of a, sa- of a sailor. I just, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. San- Mr. Sanderson, amazing. Forearms large enough to lift them. Over the crashings of the waves, he yelled, Someone get that soul caster below deck. No, she shouted back at him. I stay. Yeah, this is, I I love this whole thing with her. My destiny. And she reminds him over and over of this fact. Yeah. You know, I'm not to be used. Right. I didn't pay a prince's ransom to bring you, he said, only to lose you over the side. I'm not a thing to... Captain, a a sailor shouts. Captain. They both looked as the ship tipped over the peak of a huge wave. And it it is in in the next sentence... It just fell over the other side. Yeah. <clears throat> so imagine a ship just kind of cresting this massive then, wave, sh- almost like as if it's, it's now off the wave and it yeah. falls. It's going to capsize, it's, but then it writes itself and it like, yeah. Right. It's just so incredibly epic, uh, I find, this imagery. Kaza's stomach squeezed up into her throat. She felt her fingers sliding on the rope. Vazermeb, the captain, seized her by the, by the side of her robe, holding her tight as they plunged into the water <clears throat> for a brief, oh, this, I love the sentence for a brief, terrifying moment. They seemed entombed mm-hmm. in the chill water. Yeah, dude, this is so great. This yeah. is again, I just want to compliment his writing here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just these little, little tidbits of descriptive, um, uh, prose. I just, I'm all over it. Yeah. It's awesome. As if the entire ship had sunk storming fool. He says to her, you're my secret weapon. You'll drown yourself when you're not in my pay. You understand? She nodded limply and then realized with a shock that she'd been able to hear him easily. The storm ellipsis was gone. Vazermeb stood up straight, grinning broadly. The winds had fallen completely still. <clears throat> Vazermeb bellowed out a laugh. What did I tell you men? That new storm came from Amia. Now it has gone and escaped, leaving the riches of its homeland to be plundered. Oh, you might be right. It might be the, the Everstorm. It's the new I storm. I think it's the... Well, he says new storm, but, but then there were tales, I think that we're about to read, that there's tales of this storm that, you know, sink ships deliberately. Right. So it, it kind of made me wonder whether this storm was peculiar to this area or if it was a part of the everstorm right. if, if they describe the red lightning then we have our answer yeah that's true but uh, the, the new storm it sounds like when he says that means that the the storm already came and went and now they're going to get all the riches but you're right there was no description of the red lightning they, they if it was the everstorm 
it would yeah. have described Red Lightning. I think so. Yeah. But no, you're right. You're right. <clears throat> and I kind of like it that maybe, you know, as per some of these sailors' tales of this area, mm-hmm. that this was kind of its own thing. It's right. like it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, its own storm. Know. Yeah. I prefer that. Uh, I prefer there to be another story about this storm that kind of prevents. I mean, you, you, it, it's almost like a defense mechanism. You mm-hmm. have these, you have these giant formations of stone jutting out of the waters, protecting yeah. this this island yeah, or this true. area. So this storm could be yet another personality or, you know, mm-hmm. entity to uh, further protect the area. <clears throat> okay, everyone knew that you didn't linger around Amia. Although everyone had different explanations why, some rumors told of a vengeful storm. See this. This mm-hmm. idea, one that sought out and destroyed approaching ships. Okay, there's the distinction, sought out and destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's alluding to being followed. Yeah. That's not the high story. It's like an old that's pirate's the, tale or whatever, right? Like, yeah, but I, I love that it might be true. That's yeah. the thing that I'm grasping for. Yeah, I, I like that too, actually. Um, the strange wind they'd encountered, which didn't match the timing of the high storm or the ever storm, seemed to support that. The captain started shouting orders, getting the men back into position. They hadn't been sailing long, only a short distance out of Leofor, along the Shin coast, and then westward toward the northern section of Amia. They'd soon spotted the large main island, but had not visited it. Everyone knew that it was barren and lifeless. The treasures were on the hidden islands, supposedly lying in wait to enrich those willing to brave the winds and treacherous straits. I love this too. Um, <clears throat> you know, in, in, in pirate lore, this is, this is typical pirate behavior. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, those that were willing to brave the waves and the dangers mm-hmm. could reap the rewards, yeah. but you had to be kind of crazy in order to do it. Well, it's, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think what? of your pirates game, the, yeah. uh, pirates of Blackwater, right. um, where you have these like insurmountable waves that surround this area and in order yeah, to get this on the other side you need you know you need to be able to be, be one crazy. have a good you know like a good crew yeah. a good ship and to be crazy enough to try to get away from to try to get across yeah, right yeah it's to it, get to the worlds in between the yeah. waves that's right yeah, yeah it's really interesting <clears throat> okay she cared less for riches though what were riches to her she'd come because of another rumor one spoken of only among her kind. Oh, I like this too. It connects her to the pirates. She's here because of another rumor. Right. I don't know. I just like that they both kind of have their own little, I heard a rumor. <laughs> what's, what's that song? It's, um, isn't that? <laughs> Bananarama? Like, uh, yeah, but uh, I, oh, I was thinking of the, uh, oh, okay. Um, isn't there an Adele song about a rumor? Um, I'm going late 80s, I think, on this one. This oh. is Bananarama. Oh, geez, Louise. Um, I um, do like that she refers to her as a soul caster and others yeah. as soul casters as her kind. Like they are a different right. type of people. A different, well, and, and rightly so, because it's like you're in transition. You're yeah. not even human. Yeah. You're something else. Yeah, you're like part smoke. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I didn't really get, I didn't put all this, I didn't have a clear understanding of this. Uh, among, you know, of those that use soul casters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it makes them, I find them, it's very tragic. Yeah, very much so. Especially yeah. her, because she can only use smoke. Like her, her soul caster only does the one trick. Mm-hmm. She can turn something into smoke. She can't turn it right, into. Right, it doesn't do all three. Yeah, all the right. other ones, yeah. 
Perhaps here at last she could find a cure for her condition. Oh, when I'm first reading this, Sean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, again, giving a character like motivation and yep. it's okay. What's the condition? Like, what is this? I've got islands. I've got pirates. I've got multiple rumors about this place. Mm-hmm. Dude, so much is accomplished in a few pages. Yeah. It is a glorious interlude. Yeah, it's awesome. I love this. I love this opening one. Even as she righted herself, she felt in her pouch, seeking the comforting touch of her soul caster. This, I thought, right to Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my precious. She's like yeah. She's like feeling for her precious, yeah. like fe- feeling for her soul caster. Mm-hmm. Um, hers, no matter what the rulers of Leofor claimed, it was hers. That's right. right. The rulers were like, well, we're allowing you to use this item. Right. But it's mine. But it's mine. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. <clears throat> they had sent, they had spent their youths caressing it. No, sorry. Had they, she's referring to these people that would tell her that it's mm-hmm. not hers. Had they spent their youths caressing it and learning its secrets? Had they spent their middle years in service, stepping with each use closer and closer to oblivion? So she'd been using the soul caster for a very long time. A long time. Like It sounds like her whole lifetime. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It really casts a really tragic, uh, sort of shadow over those that become soul casters that would use these devices. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's a death sentence. It's like, you've been chosen for this purpose. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. She pulls her hood on unaccustomed to the gaze of ordinary people. She'd entered the stage where her disfigurements were starkly obvious. Mm Mm-hmm. Kaza was slowly becoming smoke. Vazermeb took the helm, giving dra- uh, Draws a break. This lanky man steps down from the poop deck, noting her by the side of the ship, and he grinned at her. And he saunters over, maybe to make small talk. So, he says, up on deck, any, uh, through that, you've got guts. She hesitated, considering this strange creature, and then lowered her hood. <laughs> he didn't even flinch. Sorry, he didn't flinch, even though her hair and her ears and now parts of her face were disintegrating. There was a hole in her cheek through which you could see her jaw and teeth. Lines of smoke rimmed the hole, and the flesh seemed to be burning away. Air passed through it as she spoke, which changed her voice. The process was slow. She might have a few years left until before the soul caster killed her. Draws seemed intent on pretending nothing was wrong. I can't believe we got through that storm. You think it it hunts ships like the stories say? He was a Leoforan like herself, with deep brown skin and dark brown eyes. But what did he want? She tried to remember the ordinary passions of human life, which she'd begun to forget. Again, even this you know, adds on to her tragedy. Yeah. She's she's just a thing. Right. She's, she can't... She can't have a relationship or enjoy the passions of life. She's a, t- she's a soul caster. She sounds like she is also a prop, like owned by the state. The state owns the well, soul caster and they also own her. It does. But I, there, there's a mention, I think at the bottom of this page or maybe onto the next or something where it, does it allude to her being royalty? Yeah. Something like that. I think it or does. Or at the very least she has high standing because of who she, because of being a soul caster. Uh-huh. Okay. She long forgot the passions of human life. Is it sex you want? She asks him. And then she thinks, no, you're much younger than I am. Hmm. Curious. Are you frightened then? Are you wishing for comfort? 
uh, he, he starts to fidget, playing with the end of a tied-off rope. So, I mean, the prince sent you, right? See, the prince sent you. Yeah. Ah, so she knew that he was... She was... Sorry. So he knew that she was the prince's cousin. Yeah. Okay, you know what? There's the detail that I forgot yeah. in my first read. She's the prince's cousin. So she is so royalty. So she is royalty, yeah. You wish to connect yourself to royalty. Well, I came on my own. Well, surely he let you go. Of course he didn't. If not for my safety, then for that of my device. It was her device. And she looked out across the ocean, the too still ocean. They locked me up each day, she says. Gave me comforts they assumed would keep me happy. They realized that at any moment I could literally make walls and bonds turn to smoke. So kind of a dangerous character and power to have as well, right? Yeah. Like, it's almost like you have to, you have to keep them in a state of, I guess, imprisonment, if you will. Mm -hmm. But also you have to satiate their wants or desires because if they so chose, yeah. they she, could make things She might be very important difficult. and have royalty and be royalty, but she's still a possession of the crown. Right. Right. Interesting character class, maybe, for the Stormlight Archive RPG Someone yeah. who is a soul caster who oh, has soul caster. these like disfigurements, you know, you can change, yeah. you can use a soul caster to change something into crystal, right? Into like gem. So maybe if you had like, you're a character who had like parts of your body were like encrusted with gem. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds cool. Delicious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like it. That's great. The other thought uh, I, I had here, I, I figured I'd mention it real quick is what? she's, her body's disintegrating, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe. And I, I don't know if this is true or not. And I, I probably isn't to me. This is just me throwing out random thoughts here. Oh, but maybe, maybe what's happening is she's transitioning into something that would better exist in Shadesmar, like a spren. That's what I was wondering. Is she becoming a spren? Is her soul, uh, something that is being transformed into a spren? Is her soul being cast to Shadesmar? Yeah. Right. Into a different form. See, I, I always read it, I think, as her dying. She's just dying. And no, once her I, body I think... is completely consumed into smoke, she will be dead. But maybe, maybe she is going to Shadesmar and she'll, she'll right. exist there. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's what I'm wondering is, are, are they getting at that, um, that the souls inside of each and every character yeah. has the potential to then be, I guess, soul cast and become a sprint. Right, or reborn in, in another manner. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. I, okay. He asks her, does it hurt? And she says, it is blissful. I slowly connect to the device and through it to Roshar until the day it will take me fully into its embrace. She lifts a hand and pulls off her black glove one finger at a time, revealing a hand that's disintegrating five lines of darkness one rising from each tip of her finger, and she turns it, palm toward him. I could show you. Feel my touch, and you can know. One moment, and then you will mingle with the air itself. And he fled. <laughs> and she thinks, excellent. Yeah. I love this from her. She gets, she scares him away, yeah, basically. Like, I don't have any time for you, so get out of here. No, I don't have any time for you. I love that, that moment. That's a little highlight for me. The captain steered them towards a small island. It had many names, the Rock of Secrets, the Void's Playground, so melodramatic. Yeah. 
but she preferred the old name for the place, which is Akina. Have we had that word mentioned before? Um, no, I don't think so. But I mean, no? okay. we know that we know that places here and people here have several different names depending on the era, um, the timeline. Like we know that um, Alethala yeah, right. is now Alethkar. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. so it, it mm-hmm. names, there are several names for, for places, you know, so it doesn't surprise right. me. Supposedly this island had once been a grand city, but who would put a city on an island that you couldn't approach for the jutting from the ocean were a set of strange rock formations. They ringed the entire island like a wall, some 40 feet tall. Mm-hmm. And there were also blades of this under the water, too, that would destroy and rip up the hulls of ships. She felt a bout of nausea. She liked that, because it was a human feeling. Yeah. Oh, that's a little highlight for me. That's cool. Again, you're building so much with this character. Yeah. She wants, it's like you're being transformed, but you want to retain, like you, you're not quite ready to let go. Yeah. So what, whatever lies in the beyond when you're transforming the smoke or Whatever lies beyond, you don't know what it is. It's a mystery. Right. So you want to retain your humanity for as long as you can. Yeah, because she, so, she's obviously looking for a cure. She's here looking she for a cure. Right. So You're she right. is afraid mm-hmm. that this transformation will be final. Right. That there won't be any coming back. But we don't really know for sure. Right. No. Um, her hand again sought her soul caster. She reaches for it again. The nausea was mixed with a sense of hunger. Food was something that she for often forgot about, her body needing less of it now. Yeah. Chewing was annoying with the hole in her cheek. But still, she liked the sense from what was cooking up below. Um, Kaza moved onto the deck near the captain. Now you earn your keep, Soulcaster. So even he won't call her by name. Mm-hmm. She's just a Soulcaster. Right. And I'm justified in hauling you all the way out here. I'm not a thing, she said absently, to be used. I'm a person. Those spikes of stone, they were soul cast there. The enormous stone spearheads were too even in a ring about the island. Judging by the currents ahead, some lurked beneath the waters, that which would rip up the hulls of approaching vessels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this uh, defense of this island. Can you destroy one? The captain asks. No. They're much larger than you indicated. Yes, but I can make a hole in one of them, Captain. It's easier to soul cast an entire object, but I'm no ordinary soul caster. I've begun to see the dark sky and the second sun. The creatures that lurk, hidden around the cities of men. Yeah. This is interesting information. This mm-hmm. is not information that everyone knows about. No, I, I mean, it's also sort of random just to, like, splurt it, right? Like... I know it's, I, it's almost like, it's almost like with these characters, you know, and what ends up being their destinies. Yeah. It's like they, they know it's the end. Right. Right. So she's revealing something like, this is something that Yasna would love to hear about. I'm sure she, and, yeah, I'm sure she'd love to interview this lady, interview Kaza. Totally. But here, here, this, this information falls onto this captain's ears, like, you know, you know, she, what, what, what is she saying? I've begun to see the dark sky and the second sun. Yeah. The creatures that lurk there. This is huge information. Yeah. It's, I, I don't think know. that information I, is for us. Oh, it you absolutely I mean? is. Yeah. I know it is for us, uh, but 
but in the story, it's falling onto this captain's ear, almost lost. Yeah, if you he's will. like, well, okay, creepy. Can you yeah, do the okay. thing I am asking? Like, <laughs> okay, creepy soul caster. Yeah, yeah. I can see she, a second sun in the dark, and yeah, and <laughs> the dark sky, the creatures that lurk there. <laughs> <laughs> he shivered visibly. Why should that have frightened him? She'd merely stated the facts. Right. Interesting. Yeah. We need, you, uh, we need you to transform the tips of a few of these under the waves, then make a hole at least large enough for the dinghies to get in, so into the island beyond. I will keep my word, but you must remember, I do not serve you, and I am here for my own purposes. They dropped the anchor, as close to the spikes as they dared get. Each would have required several soul casters in concert, she thought, to create. She thought standing at the prow of the ship as the men uh, were eating a hasty meal, right? <laughs> That's right. They were chowing down one last meal. Yeah. The cook, w the cook was a woman, a reshi woman by the looks of her, with tattoos all across her face. She pushed the captain to eat, claiming that if he went in hungry, he would be distracted. Even Kaza took some. Her tongue no longer tasted the food. It all seemed to taste like mush. And she ate with a napkin pressed against her cheek. The captain had anticipation spread around him, ribbons that waved in the wind, and Kaza could see the beasts beyond, the creatures that accompanied the spren. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a crazy thing to see. Yeah, she the can see beyond, beyond the spren. what other people can see. The creatures that accompany the spren. Right. What are they? We're, we, can't, we don't know yet. We don't know what, the, what this all means. Oh, jeez. We also have no clue what a spren looks like on the Shadesmarsh side of things. We have the beads. Like, we a, don't a good example it. of this is that... I thought we did have one a, spren that had a diff, completely different... Yeah, well, let's take pattern as an example. Yeah. Pattern is just a floating symbol here in our world. But in right. that world, he is like a fully standing humanoid person right. with angular robes right so he's not just a floating symbol over there he's a fully realized entity so what she's seeing is she's seeing anticipation spread she's right. seeing what the captain's seeing but she's seeing more of what it really looks like in the in the shade smart world because she can see both worlds right now okay the four the ship's four dinghies were cramped and they placed her at the front of one of them she pulls up her hood, which still hadn't dried, and she sat on her bench. What had the captain been planning to do if the storm hadn't stopped? Would he seriously have tried to use her and a dinghy to remove these spears in the middle of a tempest? She reached the first spike, and she carefully unwrapped her soulcaster, releasing a flood of light. Three large gemstones connected by chains with loops for her fingers, and she put it on. And she sighed softly to feel the metal against her skin. It was warm and welcoming. Mm -hmm. It was a part of her. Yeah. She reached over the side into the chill water and pressed her hand against the tip of the stone spear, smoothed from years being in the ocean. And light from the gemstones lit the water, reflections dancing across her robe. She closed her eyes and felt the familiar sensation of being drawn into the other world, of another of another will reinforcing her own, 
something commanding and powerful, attracted by her tempest for aid. Oh, this is this is really fascinating stuff. The stone did not wish to change. It was content with its long slumber in the ocean, but yes, it remembered. It had once been air, until someone had locked it into this shape. She could not make it air again. Her soulcaster had only one mode, not the full three, mm-hmm. but she did not know why. Right. That's kind of curious. It could be that the other two jewels in it that make the other two parts of it work are just broken and she's never known why. Yeah. Right? Could be that. Or it could just be because she only ever trained on using smoke and she doesn't know how to unlock the other two. She could have an affinity for smoke. We don't, we don't really know how this stuff works. We know how, um, we know what Yasna told us about the soul caster, but Yasna was lying when she told us about that because she was telling Shalon about a soul caster that didn't work because Yasna can just soul cast. Right. So yeah, we don't really know how this kind of stuff works with these people and this magic item. Hmm. Smoke, she whispered to the stone. Freedom in the air. Remember? She tempted it, picking at its memories of dancing free. Okay, this is what I've been saying here. Yeah. She is speaking to the stone. Yeah. Remember, right? I am curious. Stick, right? I Shalon am tries so- to convince a stick to burn itself so she can make a fire. And she's like, I am not. The, and the stick is like, I am stick. I am not, a, I'm not fire. I am a stick. Yeah. And... She is trying to coax this into becoming smoke. Well, don't you want to be smoke? Don't you want to be free to float up in the air? Right. Because in the spiritual world- I just love that the inanimate world, has- these, Yeah, these animate, uh, inanimate objects have a soul. They have like a presence in the spiritual world. They have memories mm-hmm. of being something other. Right. So I don't know, this theme of like constant transformation, I'm guessing this connects very well into the Cosmere, right? This whole I mean, thing of- uh, connective tissues, characters, like, yeah. I don't know if that, if, if all that ends up being true, what a, it's, <laughs> that sounds very complicated, but also yeah. fascinating. Yeah. We, we can't, we can't, I know you can't tell me, with, I get it. I can't talk about it, but uh, we also can't overload ourselves with all these, like all these things, right? Because it's just too big. No. So all we can do is it's just read okay. one chapter at a time and hopefully we'll get okay. there. Okay, so picking at the memories, uh, at his memories of dancing free. Yes, freedom is what I offer you. It's kind of, you know, it's very tempting. This, mm-hmm. uh, cause being a soul caster, I'm offering you freedom. Right. It's a good product. It's, it's nice. a good deal. Yeah, freedom. Everyone loves it. All you have to it. do is allow the smoke to, to rise. take you away. Yeah. She nearly gave in herself. How wonderful would it be to no longer fear and to soar into infinity on the air, to be free of mortal pain. The tip of the stone burst into smoke, sending an explosion of bubbles up around the dinghy. Kaza was shocked back into the real world, and a peace deep within her trembled, terrified. She'd almost gone that time. So almost like she can allow herself to soul to cast herself completely into smoke. Right. It's, that's almost like the whole, you, you need to make sure that you train properly with a lightsaber or you will cut your own arm off. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to make right. sure that you d- use a soul caster properly or you will literally turn yourself into a crystal statue. You got to be careful. Right. 
or you can literally Sorry. just become a character who automatically knows how to use a soulcaster, no training at all, just pick it up one day <laughs> and end up being amazing. Yeah. Or or there's that. Yeah, or there's that. Or or there's We that. can we could always go with that if you want, I guess. Yeah. It's less interesting. Well, it's okay. it'd be like uh those characters are fine if you're uh you know, in uh, in the Matrix when uh he gets the programming put into him and all of a sudden he knows everything. Right. But that's know? different. There's okay. a mechanic for that. That's, uh, there's, yeah, exactly. There's a mechanic for that. There's mm-hmm. a, yeah, an explanation. Right. She removed two more spear tips, uh, beneath the waves before finally reaching the wall. Here, the spearhead like formations had been grown so close together, there was barely a, a hand gap between them. It took three tries to get the dinghy close enough. Finally, the sailors managed to keep the dinghy steady. Kaza reached out with the Soulcaster. Two of the three gems were almost out of stormlight, but it should be enough. She pressed her hand against the spike and then convinced it to become smoke. It was easier this time. She felt the explosion of wind from the transformation, her soul crying in delight at mm-hmm. the smoke, thick and sweet. See, her soul crying in delight. It's yeah. like her soul wants to be free. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. Like, what is, is that the way it is with all of us, you know, here I, that I our soul so. is wanting I think to that, transform? I think this is Kaza. She, she's had this right. thing since she was a youth. She's so yeah. bonded to it that she wants it to do the thing it's supposed to do, which is make her into smoke. I right. feel like it's a constant fight against what the, what the item wants to do to, to her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's a struggle. It, 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 it almost seems like a struggle between her soul and herself. Right. It's like her soul wants to become Would love this thing, to be smoke. But, yeah. But at the same time, there's a part of her that's still clinging on to what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you give into that, then it's over. Or it's up for the mystery. Maybe, but it feels like you don't like it's know. Over. It could be. Um. I mean, that's the thing, right? Would you choose to give up on a, on a, on an unknown, a transformation and an unknown versus feel your nausea? Cause mm-hmm. that's what she was saying. Oh, the nausea. Well, that's, I, I kind of like that because at least it's human. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Would we choose our pains and our mortal understanding versus a transformation that is an unknown? Huh. And that's kind of the dilemma here, right? It's kind it, of like, well, do I allow the is. smoke to take me or do I remain with my pains, my cuts and bruises, my scrapes and, and trials and tribulations being a human? Do I continue to suffer or do I surrender to an unknown transformation dude? to a sense of freedom that is nebulous? You've, you've said something very deep here that oh, okay. you don't even realize how important it is yet. I'm, we're oh, really? going to clip this, this part, we're going to clip it and okay. I'm going to save it in a folder and we're going to bring it back like at the end of this book okay. or maybe in the next book. We'll see. But anyways, yeah, you've, Interesting. you've, you've, uh, you've stumbled on something here or maybe not stumbled. That sounds like you didn't do it on purpose. You've, you've read something in the text <laughs> here. Just, no, but you've I, read you read something in the text here that is, is here and, yeah. um, it's, it's more important than just this interlude. I'll say that. Okay. Well, I was just thinking right now that, uh, when, when you and I were talking the other day about all my predictions and, you know, ramblings and stuff like that, yeah. you know, I'm just, 
you know, I'm like teravanging that way. So I, I actually identify with this whole blurting out a diagram right. thing, right. right? Because it's just, you're just garbled, you're just theorizing and getting it all out. And, and for some people, it might seem like intelligence or academia. It's like, yeah. wow, you've got this huge body of work. You've got a lot of things to say. Right. Yeah, but it's all, it's, it's still chaos. You, it needs a filter. <laughs> maybe it needs, maybe we should rename the, uh, the channel, <laughs> the Jack's predictions, uh, channel on discord to Jack's diagram. Jack's, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's exactly what it is, <laughs> but please don't become a follower. Please, yeah, please <laughs> do not don't. believe in the codex or the man. No Just, cults required. Yeah. No cults required. <laughs> okay uh okay well anyways i almost forget what i just said uh yeah would you choose surrender would you you surrender yourself to yeah or would you surrender yourself to uh relief from that pain but it also being an unknown it's an unknown and is it a relief you don't know you don't know i mean it's a transformation could be different kind of pain it, it could be, it could be pain is in, is mm-hmm. endemic. Yeah. It's, Intrinsic, it's really cool. Unavoidable. I really like this dude. Okay. That's my highlight for this chapter is that, is you, my highlight of this chapter oh, is you. Is me. Yeah. Well, there you go. I like that. Nice. Cute. I'll take it. Um, she pressed her hand against the spike, convinced it, uh, how she breathed in through the hole in her cheek, how wonderful it would be to join it. No. Yeah, there's a part of it that says no. Mm-hmm. The island, the island proper loomed beyond that hole. It was dark, like its stones, and it had been stained by smoke. It had tall rock formations along its center, which kind of looked like the walls of a city. What? She asked. Why is your boat heading back? Because the captain's dinghy pulled up to hers, and the captain transferred to her boat. The other one had headed back. He says they claim to not be feeling well. Um, was he abnormally pale? See, I didn't pick up on these clues. Mm-hmm. These little sprinkles, eh? Mm-hmm. Sprinkle kisses. Little sprinkle kisses. Moab this is what we're going to call kisses. Sanderson's little, he's given us, he gave us the cook. Oh, you should eat something. Yeah. Oh, oh and now the was, cook he, has, was he abnormally pale? Yeah. The cook, his face is completely covered in tattoos. So you can't see that they're all babits. Oh, is that the, is that... Well, that's what they said earlier. The cook's face is yeah, completely covered, covered in, in tattoos. tattoos. Yeah. And at the very but end. That would hide the babits? Well, it would make it hard, harder to notice, right? That all these like yeah. different p- pieces of the person's face is babits because it's all tattooed up. You wouldn't be able to tell that where the lines are different from the, the different creatures that are, that are mm. the Kremlings, right? Mm. Babits. Babits. Um, okay. What, uh, why is your boat heading back? They're cowards. Cowards, they won't have any of the prize then, he says. Gemstones lay around just for the plucking out here, draws at it. Generations of great shells have died here, leaving their hearts. We're going to be rich men, rich, as long as the secret was here. Mm -hmm. That's her, what she's thinking. Yeah. The sailors guided the three dinghies through the gap. The Amians had known about soul casters, and this was where you'd come to get the devices in the old days. You'd come to the ancient island of Akina. And if there was a secret of how to avoid death by the device that she loved, she would find it here. Mm-hmm. Oh man, dude, like, this is like a quest. Yeah. This whole interlude, is, I can't gush about it enough. 
in going in covering it again for the second yeah. time with you now. It's like a whole story. It could have been an entire arc. A whole book could have been Kaza's journey. Yeah, it's true. It like, could be its own side. It could have been absolutely. its own novella. Hundred percent. Yeah. With a, with a tragic ending, ultimately, yeah. well, an unknown, the transformation of Kaza, mm-hmm. the giving the her destiny. Yeah. Like, ugh. her stomach began acting up again as they rode. Kaza endured it, though she felt as if she were slipping into the other world. That wasn't an ocean beneath her, but deep black glass. There's the reference there I loved. Mm-hmm. Shadesmar. Mm-hmm. And the two sons in the sky, one that drew her soul toward it. The two sons, interesting image, and we do have the, like, the double-pupiled yeah. image. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's definitely so that's in there. An, I just thought about that. Her shadow to stretch out in the wrong direction. Yeah, what's with... I put an asterisk there. What's with that again? There's been a couple of references to the shadow being cast in the wrong direction of the source of light. Yeah. Can, um, can, we, can we talk about that a little bit or... We know that Axes the Collector's shadow is, is goes different. Goes in the wrong way? Goes in the wrong way, yeah. For, away from light. Yeah. Like, so... Light casts on an object. The towards shadow would light. go beyond it. Yeah, it would go towards light. His shadow goes toward yeah. it. Yeah. It goes in the wrong direction. It's one of the first things that pe- freak people out about him when they see him. Yeah. Because they don't really see the problem at first. They look at him and go, there's something strange, but they can't about tell him. it's the shadow. I, he, it's, I think he it, mentions it in his interlude in like the first book or whatever. It's the tattoos and excessive jewelry, all mm-hmm. the ex- the accessories. It's he's he is the mind freak. He is Chris a- Angel. This whole Axie's time. the collector Axie's. is Chris Angel. I should have yes. seen it. Yes, oh, an I angel seen it. named Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris the Angel. Angel, Chris Angel. No, 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 not Chris Angel. That's not no. me. I'm no, Chris, yeah. an angel. The angel. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the angel. I'm an angel. <laughs> I'm an angel. Like, like, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm an angel. God. I'm a God. Yeah. I'm a God. I'm not <laughs> the one, but I'm a, God, I love you know. Groundhog Day. It's just the best. It's just yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> Groundhog Day. Oh my God. Yeah. Can't get enough of that one. Okay. We were watching What About Bob yesterday. Oh, that's fun. I'm sailing. Mm-hmm. I'm sailing. <laughs> I'm yeah. Sailing. I sailing. I had an opportunity to to uh make to embarrass myself at a at a fan expo where richard dreyfus was sitting down amongst a long panel of of stars who were receiving and getting autographs and whatever um and i was up on a balcony huge balcony and i and i wish that you know i'd almost planned for this to have worn the bill murray t-shirt that says don't hassle me i'm i'm local right uh, with the blue with the blue t-shirt yeah um and then shout from the top of it down him oh Dr. Marvin. No, no. Oh, I could have done I'm sailing, but I could have said, Dr. Marvin, Dr. Leo Marvin. And, sh- and do this whole bit <laughs> yeah, from yeah, What About Bob? Bit, yeah. But then, but then years later, I read that they didn't get along in the making of the movie or something. They had a. It yeah. seems that Bill Murray has a history of this kind of thing that yeah, several people he works with is difficult or his personalities. I kind of heard the same um, thing about Richard Dreyfus, though, too. Yeah, maybe so. So, like Beethoven, the dog was like, "I don't like that guy." <laughs> anyway, regardless, a great movie. And sorry, we're off off topic, but uh, Groundhog Day to what about Bob? Let's, let's movie get back corner to this. with Sean and Jack. 
movie. Oh, a movie, movie pod. A little movie segment in the pod. A movie segment in the pod. Okay, back to this. My destiny, all right. In the wrong direction, the shadow splash. She started... One of the sailors had slipped from his boat into the water. So she hears a splash. She gapes as another slumps to the side. Mm-hmm. His oar falling from his fingers. Captain, she asks. She turns to find him with drooping eyes. He went limp and then fell backward, unconscious, mm-hmm. knocking his head against the back of the boat. The other two dinghies had begun to drift aimlessly, and not a single sailor seemed to be conscious. My destiny, she thinks. My choice. Mm-hmm. Not a thing to be carted from place to place and ordered to soul cast, not a tool, but a person. She shoved aside an unconscious sailor and took the oars herself. It was difficult work. I gotta say here too, as a first time reader, mm-hmm. I thought she did this. Yeah. I was like, what's going on here? Like, I, I didn't really understand what was going on at first, mm-hmm. but then, and I thought that she was using her power somehow to, to like, do this. Yeah. To do something. Yeah. But then, but, but then it doesn't quite make sense because she's like, Cap, she's asking Captain, yeah. like, is everything okay? So right. wasn't quite right. But again, just me doing my thing. I was on the wrong track, but I thought that she had, she had done this initially. Um, she shoved aside an unconscious sailor and took the oars herself. It was difficult work, but she was unaccustomed to physical labor because she was a cousin to the prince Mm -hmm. and her fingers had trouble gripping they'd started to dissolve further perhaps a year or two was optimistic for her survival right wow she rode and she hopped out into the water and felt the rock beneath her feet and finally she thought to check if Vazermeb was still alive the captain but none of the sailors in her dinghy were breathing so she let the boat slip back backward on the waves. Alone, Kaza fought through the surf and finally on hands and knees crawled up onto the stones of the island and there she collapsed. But why was she so sleepy? She awoke to a small Kremlin that was scuttling on the rocks near her. It had large wings. Its carapace shimmered with dozens of colors. Kaza, yeah, with the large wings, I almost was like, looks like a, like a little, uh, wyvern or a dragon or something like that this description is the exact description Mm. of the creature that risen gets at the end of her reshi isles interlude remember how she ends up getting crippled but the island rewards her with this really strange creature right yeah yeah and it has like an axe hound face it looks like a crumbling body with wings okay on that note, on the axe hound face part of it, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Because I couldn't quite um, re- remember. It's an axe hound. Um, they're like the um, like uh, bug dog looking things. A bu- okay, like, so not quite a dragon. Well, for me, I was thinking that it looked like a dragon with the with the wings. Um, make it look like an axe hound. Its carapace shimmered with dozens of colors. Mm-hmm. So it does have the like the as you say the crustacean sort of look to it with the carapace. Kaza could remember a time when she'd collected Kremlings, pinning them to boards. I love this, like a curious little insect collector, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And she was wondering what happened to that girl. Again, this adds to the tragic, like it gives you a little sentence into her past to imagine who she was as a little girl, Mm -hmm. the the curious little scientist or something, this little, sorry, what's an insect, um, uh, et, entomology, I think entomology. Yeah. Yeah. What had happened to that girl? She was transformed 
by necessity. Given the soul caster, which was always to be kept in the royal family, she was given a charge. Right, so she had to do this, and a death sentence. She stirred and the Kremlin scrambled away, and she coughed and began to crawl toward the rock formations. That city, that dark city of stone, she could barely think. But she did notice a gemstone as she passed it, a large, uncut gem heart, among the bleached white carapace leftovers of a dead great shell. Vazermeb had been right. Mm -hmm. She collapsed again near the perimeter of the rock formations. They looked like large, ornate buildings, crusted with creme. Ah, a voice said from behind her. I should have guessed the drug would not affect you as quickly. You are barely human anymore. Hmm. Kaza rolled over and found someone approaching on quiet, bare feet. The cook? Yes, that was her, with the tattooed face. You, Kaza croaked. You poisoned us? After many warnings not to come to this place, the cook said. It is rare that I must guard it so aggressively. Men must not again discover this place. The gemstones, she Kaza asks. Or is it something else? Something more... I cannot speak, the cook said, even to sate a dying demand. There are those who could pull secrets from your soul, and the cost would be the ends of worlds. Sleep now, Soulcaster. This is the most merciful end that I could give. The cook began to hum, and pieces of her broke off, and she crumbled to a pile of chittering little kremlings that moved out of her clothing, leaving it in a heap. Mm -hmm. A hallucination, Kaza is thinking. Kaza wondered as she drifted. She was dying. Well, that was nothing new. The kremlings began to pick at her hand, taking off her soul caster. No, she had one last thing to do. And with a defiant shout, she pressed her hand in the rocky ground beneath her and demanded that it change. And when it became smoke, she went with it. Her choice. Her destiny. Yeah. So if she was going to die from the poison anyways, she might as well do the thing she's been fighting against her entire life. And the, uh. the thing that her soul wanted her to have, which is yeah. to become smoke. Dude, it's... It gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I know. It's he, so he, Jack brought up his good. arm to the screen again, guys. Multiple times. It's. I love it. Yeah. I love this interlude. Mm -hmm. It's poetic. It's tragic. It makes me want to cry. It's, beautiful, like, it's yeah. really great. And the sleepless seem to be protecting this ancient island of Akina. <sighs> right. And and willing to and willing to kill. Yeah, multiple people. Yes. Willing to kill is, is a huge one. It did say though, I, I, you know, I tried to tell them not to come here many, many right. times. Many times. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty I cool. I know, but it's, it's, it's a great, I love it. My highlight, my highlight is her choice, her destiny. My highlight is Kaza. Right. My highlight is this, my highlight is Sanderson writing an entire quest of a character in a, in a matter of what, six pages? Yeah. Five pages. Like that's my highlight. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. I can't gush enough about it. My highlight is you for having said, uh -huh. um, do you stay in a life of pain mm -hmm, or do you mm -hmm. give up that pain and head to something unknown 
mm-hmm. yeah. without any knowledge of what what it means and where you're going and, and what what it is. It could be the end of pain, yes, but it could be the end as well. So do you do right. you do you stay with the pain? Do you keep the pain? Do you deal with it and keep going one foot in front of the other? Right. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot, dude. It's awesome. We go now to uh, interlude I-5, mm-hmm. Terravangian. We we sort of uh, talked about it for like 15 minutes at the beginning of the show here. So. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, this is uh, crazy. Let's get into it. Yeah, it's awesome. Unglued mm-hmm. crazy, in my opinion. Yeah, it's awesome. Terravangian paces in his rooms in Urethiru. Yeah, he's lucky to be in Urethiru. Mm-hmm. Dalinar has trusted him. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Dalinar, jeez, I mean, Dalinar, like, having hope, holding out hope, I guess, towards Sadius. Mm-hmm. Right? He did. He did, for sure he did. Holding out, and then he's got this, um, like, I, I question who he trusts. Like, Dalinar's judge of character is, is faulty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it really is. It really mm-hmm. is. You're right. He's he's not, he's got a really low insight check. Like he's got like negative <laughs> two on insight. Clearly. Yeah. Um, okay. So Urthir, as two servants from the diagram arranged his table and fidgety Dukar, head of the king's testers, who each wore a ridiculous storm warden's robe with glyphs all over the seams. This, <laughs> this seems like with glyphs, it just seems very like hokey wizardy kind yeah. of like yeah. robes with the glyphs everywhere like yeah. wearing stars or something it yeah. just seemed a little you could really on the read, nose you could really read the impatience in the words from Teravangian. like all his mm-hmm. thoughts are all these people are fucking fools let's get on with it like the whole chapter it's like he's oh, I know. not suffering anything right now no, he's he's insufferable. He's intolerant. Yeah, of everything. I mean, calling for the death of uh, okay. <laughs> the choir. Her, kids, I want yeah. her killed. Yeah, can we kill my killed. maid? She just brought him a sandwich. <laughs> she brought him a sandwich, and he's like, "Kill her." Yeah, kill. Oh my god, honestly. Yeah. Um, who each wore a ridiculous storm warden's robe. Okay, this is his opinion, I think. Yeah. So maybe even he's even he's picking at the robes. He's like, he, he might have an, a, 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 a like a stupider version of himself might have designed those robes, Request. and now he's smarter. And he's like, stupid fucking robes, <laughs> fucking robes. <laughs> That's funny. You know what I mean? That's my highlight right now. He designed the robes, and then he hates. And them. now he hates that's, them. Yeah. That's right. great. I love that. <laughs> That's really great, dude, because I, I, I believe all of that is possible. It's with very Caravangian. possible. <laughs> and what, what an explosion of, of character. Like when I first, you know, got to know him, I thought he was the kindly old, yeah. remember that was the, that was the end of, um, it's the, in nights, uh, at the end of, end of way of, of, Kings. of Kings is when it's revealed that he's been right. bloodletting these people oh. for prophecy. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, like that was so creepy. And that was at the, that was in the, uh. In the epilogue, correct? That was, uh, no, well, no, um, it was, um, it was the one of the no, last the epilogue interludes. was God is dead. It was very yeah. last interlude. Last interlude. That's it. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was crazy. And we had went through the whole book feeling like he was this really great leader who created yeah. hospitals for the poor. And we got to know him through Shalon and Yasna and Carbranth and yeah. Oh, mm. yep. Yeah. Right. The city of bells. Yeah. Mm. Okay, 
Head of the testers, so wearing the robes, it bothered him. Today, Teravangian was a storming genius. Or so he thinks. Mm -hmm. The way he thought, breathed, even moved, implicitly conveyed that today was a day of intelligence. Perhaps not as brilliant as that single transcendent one when he'd created the diagram, but he finally felt like himself after so many days trapped in a mausoleum of his own flesh. This is... This is good prose too. Mm -hmm. the mausoleum trapped in a mausoleum of his own flesh. His mind, like a master painter, allowed only to whitewash walls. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. This is, this is good writing. I like this. Yeah. Once the table was finished, Teravangian pushed a nameless servant aside and sat down, grabbing a pen and launching into the problems started starting at the second page as the first was too simple i love that yeah looks at looks at the first page ah <laughs> what the turns fuck is to this the second page <laughs> yeah love it that's a little a little highlight for me flicking ink at dukar when the idiot started to complain mm-hmm. next page he snaps quickly quickly let's not waste this dukar but yeah but you still must yes yes prove myself not an idiot the day i'm not drooling and lying in my own waste you tax my time with this idiocy Yes, but you set, I set it up. Yes, the irony is that you let the prohibitions instituted by my idiot self control my true self when it finally has opportunity to emerge. Hmm. Yes, but you weren't an idiot when you... Here, Teravangian says, proffering the sheet of math problems to him. Done. So in that little blurb here, the tests were written by Teravangian himself because he knew that he would need to be able to set some parameters on whether or not he could run the country of Carbranth, Mm -hmm. the the, the city state of Carbranth, and now really Yakaved because he owns Yakaved too. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if he's too stupid, he can't come up with policy. If he's too smart, he probably shouldn't either. But some middle version of himself was smart enough to realize that. And he's saying, you know, a dumb version of myself made Mm -hmm. it hard for a smart version of myself to do the things I'm supposed to do. And this guy's saying, yeah, but you weren't dumb when you, I I, I don't want to hear it. So he wasn't actually stupid when he came up with these tests. He's just not as intelligent. He wasn't as intelligent then as he is right now. Right now is as as intelligent as he's felt in a very, very long time. And you see the, like, you can kind of feel that the more intelligent he is, the meaner he is. Oh yeah. The dumber 100%. he is, the kinder he is. So there's not yep. just an intelligence thing that's, that's waxy and waning here. Right. It's how he treats people. Mm-hmm. Um, all but the last on this sheet, Dakar says, taking it in cautious fingers. Do you want to try that one or no, no need. I know I can't solve it. Too bad. Make quick with the requisite formalities. I have work to do. Adratagia had entered with Malata, the dust bringer. Mm-hmm. They were growing in companionship as Adratagia attempted to secure an emotional bond with this, with this lesser diagram member who had suddenly been thrust into its upper echelons, an event predicted by the diagram, which explained that the Dustbringers would be the radiance most likely to accept their cause. And at that, Teravanchian felt proud for actually locating one of, the, of their members who could bond a spren had not by any means been an assured accomplishment. It's cool, right? The diagram predicted yeah. that the Dustbringers would be the most likely radiance who would follow right. the diagram. Right. It, In, it's, it's interesting because he, he, this paragraph feels like they've got this Dustbringer on their side, Malata. But we know that right. Malata went to Shalon and was like, 
and expressed this like feeling like I am not his creature. Right. I am my own person. I am not his creature. Like right. kind of subtly told Shalon, like you may think you can't trust me, but I'm not who you think I am. But at the same time, maybe telling her also don't trust me. Right. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. Yeah, Malata is a very interesting factor in all this. Um, I want to say that, you know, part of this for me, it, I don't know. It's very hard for me to get behind the predictions of the diagram, especially if the diagram is a Rubik's cube right. of, of intelligentsia or academia, if mm -hmm. you will, that just keeps rotating and mixing the combinations. Right. You see? Like, like what it, it says. It, it, Look what it says. It, it seems like, again, it's based on interpretation. Like that's, it's Nostradamus for me. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, it predicted this, but you know what? I don't know. It's, it's a stretch. Yeah. Well, he, there's so a, there's a me, moment in here where he, uh, he, uh, he's going to, we're going to read it in a second here where he, uh, okay. deciphers something and gives meaning yeah. to a bunch of random numbers. And he's like, yeah. oh, this is what I must've been thinking. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's I must have been thinking it really, all along. Yeah, yeah. I, I need, like I didn't have time to write out all the words, so I used numbers to associate to words, and now I know what all they, they all mean. Okay, yeah, all right, well, yeah. we'll, we'll see, maybe. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> for for me, yeah, this is um, I don't know, it's it's like you're you you're just rearranging things in order to then suit for the moment what needs to happen next. Yeah. Um, he's smart, Dukar said to Moral. The bodyguard was the final adjudicator of Teravangian's daily capacity, an infuriating check necessary to prevent his stupid side from ruining anything. But a mere annoyance when Teravangian was like this. He was energized, awake, and brilliant. I find the use of the word brilliant kind of interesting, almost like brightness. Like brilliant radiance, like brilliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... Pardon me. Um, he's almost to the danger line, Dakar said. I can see that, Adratagia says. Vargo, are you... I feel perfect. Can't we be done with this? I can interact and make policy decisions and need no restrictions. Dukar nodded, reluctantly, in agreement. Moral assented. Finally. Give me a copy of the diagram, Teravangian said, pushing past Adratagia. And some music, something relaxing but not too slow. Clear the chambers of non-essential persons and empty the bedroom of furniture, and don't interrupt me. Hmm. So this is funny. This kind of speaks to your... I think you nailed it with the robes thing. <laughs> because he requests the music and then complains about and it. And then hates it later, killed. yeah. He's like, yeah. you know what I want? I want all these guys to have Storm Warden robes with all kinds of awesome <laughs> glyphs on it. I'll design yeah. the glyphs too, okay? Yeah, yeah, What yeah. the fuck? What are you guys wearing? These, these robes are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's it is that's my favorite thing of this whole chapter now um don't interrupt me how okay need it measure okay don't interrupt me it took them a frustratingly long time to accomplish almost half an hour which he spent on his balcony contemplating the large space for the garden outside mm -hmm. and wondering how big it was i thought this was interesting he's yeah. doing landscape design yeah while he's out on the balcony um your room is prepared your majesty Moral says Thank you, you skritic one, for your leave to go into my own bedroom. Have you been drinking salt? 
what? So this, obviously, as a first-time reader, I was like, what the heck? They they, yeah. they explain it. Yeah, Azertaja explains it, yeah. How really an in-depth insult it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ba- based on this old story, Teravangian strode through the small room beside the balcony and into his bedroom, and then breathed deeply, pleased to find it completely empty of furniture, only four blank stone walls and no window. Though it had a strange rectangular outcropping along the back wall, like a high step, which Mabin was dusting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is curious. I, I find that in this state that he's in, this yeah. supposed intelligent state, his requ- his requirements are kind of four walls, yeah, and just himself, right. So he it's it's like he's he's an island he doesn't need anything and so it's like the final conclusion of this intelligence mm-hmm. is that everything must no everything must well just i think i think everything else must go i think this is a nihilistic uh outcome okay with with the diagram this is also that's, how that's he my, wrote the diagram was in a room right. where he just wrote on the whole room like so maybe mm-hmm. trying to recreate that magic again you know yeah, I, I yeah, I, I get that. I just I think just what I'm kind of like suggesting the imagery is here is I'm saying the imagery here is I think indicative that the only way for this intelligence to go is a room alone with nothingness but an a, an echo of your own intelligence. Right. That's all that there, there's no because there's no oxygen here for anyone else. There's no oxygen right. for a maid to to, right. to take care of you to and bring a you a sandwich. Yeah. There's no oxygen for followers who might disagree. You know, there's you know, it's, it's yourself alone in a room, four mm. walls. That's it. Right. Um, so what I'm sort of suggesting is that it's, it's a prison. Mm-hmm. This, this intelligence is a prison. Um, Teravangian seized the maid by the arm and hauled her out to where Adutagia was bringing him a thick book bound in hog's hide, a copy of the diagram. Excellent. He thinks measure the available gardening area outside the stone field outside our balcony and report it to me. He carried the diagram into the room and then shut himself into the blissful, see, blissful self-company, mm-hmm. in which he arranged a diamond in each corner, a light to accompany that of his own spark. Isn't that interesting? Like, he is a light unto himself. Yeah, he's Rihanna. Because <laughs> he shines bright like a diamond. He shines blood. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So Rihanna... Um, <laughs> Renamed. R- Terra Riani. Oh, never mind. Terra Riani. Um, which shone in truth where others could not venture. And as he finished, a small choir of children started to sing Voran hymns outside the room as per his request. He breathed in and out, bathed in light, and encouraged by song. He was capable of anything. He was consumed by the satisfaction of his own working mind, unclogged and flowing freely for the first time in what seemed like ages. He opened the diagram, and in it Teravangian finally faced something greater than himself, a different version of himself. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of like when he's confronting the diagram, he's confronting the previous intelligent version of himself. The smartest version of himself ever. Right. Right, but it's always going to be that with each revision. Right, it doesn't, or or, or each you know day he's going to be a different version of himself, facing that ultimate version of himself. I guess it it's it just kind of seems um, 
the whole thing kind of seems ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, he opened the diagram in a, yeah, a different version of himself. The diagram, which was the name for this book and for the organization that studied it, had not originally been written merely on paper, for on that day of majestic capacity, Teravangian had annexed every surface to hold his genius from the cabinetry to the walls, and while so doing had invented new languages to better express ideas that had to be recorded by necessity in a medium less perfect than his thoughts. Even as the intellect he was today, the sight of that writing enforced humility. He leafed through the pages packed with tiny scrawls, spots, and scratches, all from the original, from the initial, sorry, from the original diagram room, created during what felt like a different lifetime, as alien to him now, as was the drooling idiot that he sometimes became more alien, in fact. Hmm. Everyone understood stupidity. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I find, um, yeah, I'm not buying it. I guess that's the thing for me, is his followers, Adertagia, this super intellect that he, you know, claims to be, others claim to be, I don't know. For me, I'm not buying it. I, it's 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 fascinating because I feel like there is a realm of possibility here, mm-hmm. and this is going to be a weird take, but there's a realm mm-hmm. of possibility that he wasn't actually brilliant the day he wrote the diagram. He could have right. been as stupid as fuck and just wrote a bunch of stuff all over the place, numbers and words and pictures and all this stuff this that didn't make I'm any saying. sense. And there right. they revere it as if he wrote it on his most intelligent day, but right. he's actually wrote it on his stupidest day or something. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. I really love it. I love that. It's possible that it's like a Schrodinger's cat of intellect. Like it could have been <laughs> either or we don't really know, you know? That's interesting. Um, well, that's, yeah, I, I like the way you put it. That's, um, I think that's at the heart of what I'm saying, mm-hmm. what I was thinking while, while reading this and still thinking now as we're going through it again. Mm-hmm. Um, he knelt on the stones, ignoring the aches in his body, leafing through the pages, and then he slipped out his belt knife and began to cut it up. I was thinking, what are you doing? You got this hogshide version, this code, and yeah. then he just starts cutting it. Yeah. Okay, so the diagram had not been written on paper and interacting with it, with its transcription bound into codex form, must necessarily have influencing, have influenced their thinking. So to obtain true perspective, he now decided he needed the flexibility of seeing the pieces and then arrange them in new ways. He was not as brilliant as he'd been on that day, but he didn't need to be. That day he'd been God. Today, he could just be God's prophet. Right. Dude, this is, it's so funny how, uh, you know, how he doesn't like religion. Right. He's not religious. Yeah. But that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're, you're writing something down, then you're reinterpreting it and there's going to be error. There's going to yeah. be filter. Yeah. And oh, then you your know followers. What, you know what he really meant was. Yeah. 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 This just, I don't know. I, I, I do, I, you know, Garbanging as much as I reeks. think this whole theory that, you know, like that it was just a bunch of gobbledygook, it, it's very possible that, he, like, I mean, he did get a boon from the Night Watcher and he could have written this when he was absolutely brilliant. But the, you know, yeah, the difference maybe. between brilliance and stupidity is a very thin line when no one else understands your brilliance, right? Right. He arranges the cutout pages and found numerous new connections. 
simply by how the sheets were placed next to each other. Yeah, this the way the uh, the sheets were placed next. That kind of reminds me of the imagery in the movie Contact when they're right uh, when they're taking the pages and they can't get the the uh, the the primer. Right, and they got to they got the to look at it differently in a different in three way. dimension. Yeah. yeah, and then it, then they get the codex or the um, the the primer for. Uh, I know, love one, that movie what? so so Me much. Too. What okay to movie. go, okay to go. Yeah, I love. I quite quote that movie a lot. We Me have some too. very obscure quotes in our family from that movie. Tracy and I too. Like we we quote Contact. Yeah, yeah very very yeah. often. So no, yeah, it's a, it's it's good. Okay. Um, dividing sentences yeah so like he's cutting everything up dividing it and then reinterpreting things Mm -hmm. i mean what could be more rubik's cube than this this is this is just odd it's it is it is i I will say this in defense of it is that when he Mm. wrote it out in the room he had written it out in order for it to be understood in that room and then Mm -hmm. they copied it all down on paper and then put Mm -hmm. it together in a book but you can't what he's saying here is that you can't read it because page 67 and page 68 aren't actually supposed to go next to each other. They're supposed to go opposite on top of each other or, or, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So like it, it's, it doesn't, wow. it, it's not really making the way that they have bound this information to a book doesn't actually make sense. Only someone as brilliant as he is now can be like, actually, this was never supposed to be laid out like this. It was supposed to be laid right. out and he cuts all the pages out like this. This is how you're supposed right. to read the, the diagram. Well, you know, you know, maybe this is indicative just in general about how you put something into a book mm-hmm. and I guess that was premature. Right. So you, you made a bound form of this thing, but it's, it's only temporary. It's right. only, you know, and maybe that's speaking to, you know, the scientific method, let's say. Right. Because it is only temporary until something else disproves something. Right. I mean, scientists love being proved wrong. In fact, that's the business that they're in. They're not interested in finding the truth. They're interested in, in what's wrong here. Right. Because that's how it progresses. Um, so maybe that's really the process here is, okay, I've got a codex. Well, let's rip it up. Let's, let's, uh, give it a new, let's a new keep re-understanding it over and over again. Right. Yeah. The da- the danger is of course, is if Advertagia had been, no, 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 you, you can't mess with this hog's hide version of this Right. Thing. Because you know, we as scholars have studied this for 10 years and we've right. determined that this is the order it actually should go in. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Because. Because she, in that, that doesn't crosses come about, the line, though. they're they're totally no. okay with him ripping it up. They are, yeah. But I but I was concerned about the other. Okay, um, hang on. He arranged it. Uh, yeah, dividing the sentences, ideas that he'd missed before rise from the pages like spren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these that's interesting. Ideas are like spren. Tiravan. Oh, idea spren. Idea spren. Creation spren. Can we? Can we have that? Create, we have creation spren. Yeah, I think that's... But what about idea spren? It's like you, you've oh, created an idea. I've got an, an idea. idea. I've got an idea. I'd like it's to... It's like a little uh, light bulb eat... that goes bling above your head. Yeah. I'd like to eat a Joe Louis. Oh, it's that's an, an idea, idea spren. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to match that Joe Louis with a Pepsi. Oh, that's a French Canadian idea spren. <laughs> bling. Le bling. It's a le bling. Terabangian did not believe in any religion. 
For they were unwieldy things designed to fill gaps in human understanding with nonsensical explanations, allowing people to sleep well at night, granting them a false sense of comfort and control, and preventing them from stretching further for true understanding. Yet there was something strangely holy about the diagram and the power of raw intelligence, the only thing man could worship, and oh, how little most understood it, oh, how little they deserved it. In handling purity with, while corrupting it with flawed understanding and silly superstitions, was there a way that he could prevent any but the most intelligent from learning to read? Because that would accomplish so much good. It seemed insane that nobody had implemented such a ban, for while Voronism forbade men to read, that merely prevented an arbitrary half of the population from handling information when it was the stupid who should be barred. Yeah. Whoa. So gatekeeper much? Wow. They, well, they just t- talked about there being a danger line. Mm-hmm. He's almost at the danger line. And I think yeah. that this is it. This is the, yeah. this is the danger line. We've, we've realized he's actually past the danger line. He's talking yeah. about making only the smart people be allowed to read and stupid people are not allowed to read. Right. Cause they're just going to mess things up. Yeah. Already all, all the half of the population aren't allowed to read because they're because they're men, but let's do right. make it so that it's not just that it's also anyone who's not intelligent enough to read. Don't get to. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I don't know. This is a, um, again, it's isolation. It goes to what I was saying about the four walls. He's backing up, trying to come up with anything where it gets down to the most privileged and ultimately just him. Yeah. Just, he, I'm like, the only allowed one to read guys. Sorry. Yeah. Like, even if it came down to, you know, his uh, diagram followers, he would eventually rule them out as well. Right. You're not pure enough. You don't understand this enough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's especially if he stays at this intelligence level for longer. Mm -hmm. Because eventually he won't think like that. He'll get stupider again. He'll have be more empathic and more kind and Mm -hmm. stuff. But if he were to stay at this level, he would think, you know, actually, you're right, Jack. No one else is allowed to read but me. But me. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a very, this whole thing is just weird. And Mm -hmm. he's, you know, his claim of not wanting to be religious. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, well, I suppose it's a little, it, you know what, maybe he is not religious in that way because ultimately he, he doesn't want followers. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure religion, that's one component that it requires is followers. I think so too. I mean, if you have no followers what's there to believe in then right then you you've got you've got nothing you, there, you, you might you might have a you might have a a diagram mm-hmm. a book he paces the room and then noted a scrap of paper under the door it contained the answer to his question about the size of the farming platform okay so they actually got on that info mm-hmm. um uh us critic advertagia says seems to refer to uscri a figure from a tragic poem written 1700 years ago and she drowned herself after hearing that her lover had died though the truth was that he'd not died at all and she misunderstood the report about him all right moral says she was used in following centuries as an example of acting without information though the term eventually came to simply mean stupid and the salt seems to refer to the fact that she drowned herself in the sea so it was an insult, Miraz asked. 
Using an obscure literary reference, yes. He could almost hear Adratagia's sigh. It was best to interrupt her before she thought on this further. So he's, Teravangian is hearing this through the door. Right. And she's explaining the insult he gave. To Morale. Earlier, yeah. Right. So she, And then, so I love that Teravangian is busy in there doing his crazy, whatever he's doing. Yeah. His, his, his Rubik's Cube. Um, but he also has the mental capacity to be th- hearing what's going on outside. Right, right. And then I better interrupt this thing. Yeah, you know, better, yeah, better get involved it's, here. It's kind of wild, but I do like this, uh, this us critic explanation. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Acting, acting from bad information. Yeah. Right. So it's, it speaks to Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, yeah. or to, who's the, is it Mina's, uh, Mina, the wife of Dracula, who did the same thing, killed herself because... Yeah, something... I think that's in the Bram story. I can't remember. Um, um, so that's interesting. So acting based on inaccurate information. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Teravangian could find himself in this exact foil. That mm. would be interesting. Yeah. Is he's, he's calling Morale um, us critic or us critic. But maybe he becomes a victim of that. Right. Acting on information that was poor. Right. Like the diagram. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's see if that ends up being a thing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Teravangian flings open the door in this moment and says, gum paste for sticking paper to the wall. Fetch it for me, Adratagia. They put paper out in a stack by the door without being asked, which surprised him. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're actually... This I find is interesting. Him a little. This is a little highlight for me. They're becoming more intelligent mm-hmm. because they're anticipating what he needs. Right. So they're they're trying to keep up with him, as they usually had to be ordered to do everything. He closed the door and then knelt and did some calculations um, relating to the size of the of the tower city. Hmm. He can, he's thinking. He begins using the gum paste, sticking fragments of the diagram to the walls. So again, this is a hard sell for me. I mean, not that intelligence can't come from anywhere. It's kind of like uh, in, what's that movie about the cook? Um, Ratatouille. A oh, good yeah, right. cook can, can come from anywhere. Right. Or it's just, the, it's a hard... the funnier version, which is Rakakuni from Everything, Rakak- Everywhere, all at, well, uh, all at Once. <laughs> the funnier version was Rakakuni. Oh my God, Rakakuni. Um, that's the Canadian version. Oh my god! I Initially, love it so Initially, they, 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 they were debating. They were going to call it Rakakuni. They're going to put it in Canada. Oh my god! But then they, so funny. but then they thought, no, no, we're going to change it to a rat, and we're going to put it in France. <laughs> so awesome! <laughs> Rakakuni. I love it yeah. so much. It's so T- funny. Took place the fine dining in downtown Winnipeg. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this tower. Yeah, was I? I was going to say something. Uh, diagram to the list. Da, da, da. Sticking fragments to yeah, it's a hard sell for me. A guy that writes on cab oh, you've got to tune into this this guy Teravangian. He writes on cabinets. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he's amazing. Like he's a savant. he's amazing. He's a he'll, cabinet he'll writing write on, savant. He'll he'll write on anything. I mean, <laughs> you should see what he what he wrote on the ashtray. Wow, wow, it's like, brilliant. Yeah, like dude, this is crazy. The, on the ashtray <laughs> like, is written: cigarettes are yummy. <laughs> cigarettes are yummy yummy in my tummy um ash is good for you um sticking fragments to the walls okay this he thought arranging the pages with numbers 
interspersing the text, pages, they'd never been able to make sense of it. It's a list of what? Not a code, like the other numbers. Unless. Could this be shorthand for words? Yes, yes, he thinks. He'd been too impatient to write the actual words. He'd numbered them in his head, alphabetically perhaps, so he could write quickly. Where was the key? So again, this reinterpretation stuff, like, dude, you are in it. You are in full steep into religion. It's really point, funny. In he's, my opinion. He's saying that he was too in it to write the words down. So mm-hmm. he wrote le- uh, numbers a instead, a code, yeah. to remember those letters. But he needed the, he, now he needs to find the key to unlock what numbers go to what le- no, letters, uh, what, what yeah. numbers unlock what words. But he would have had to write those words down anyway in the right. key. So why not just write them down to begin with? No. Do you know what I mean? No. And again, I come back. To, I think I've said it in the, in our coverage here before. If I haven't, uh, I'll say it again. This great line that I came across. Don't know who came up with it. Obscurity is a fraud to hide nothing. Hmm. So, you know, you can, you can Rubik's cube it. You can look for the codes and then read the tea leaves all you want. Um, but if it's not clear and concise and cannot be communicated, it's normally because there's nothing. Right. Um, okay. Yes, yes. He'd been too impatient to write the actual words. Yeah. Do, where is the key? This is reinforcement. Yeah. Self-reinforcement is mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah, right. Um, he, this is reinforcement of the Dalinar paradigm. His hands shook with excitement as he wrote out possible interpretations. Yes, yes, kill Dalinar, or he will resist your attempts to take over Althkar. So Teravangian had sent the assassin in white, which, incredibly, had failed. You see, and there you have a good example. Right. You know, if the diagram, the diagram was right, diagram it would have worked. Right, but it didn't work. No. Only, only some of it will work. Again, it's because you're, it's like my crazy theories. Some of them could end up being true, Mm -hmm. but, but a lot of them are going to lay to the wayside and, you know, like, like the Navani thing. Yeah. Um, so yes, kill, so Terabangian had sent the assassin, but it failed. Fortunately, there were contingencies here. Terabangian thought bringing up another scrap from the diagram and gluing it to the wall. The initial explanation of the Dalinar paradigm from the catechism of the headboard. The catechism of the headboard. Are you reading this? Yeah, it's so funny. The holy headboard that was written upon. <laughs> right, right. Like, oh my gosh. You sh- I, holy- I do love that. The That's catechism- one of the things about the, parad- uh, the the diagram that I love. It's like paragraph of the third drawer of the desk. Like written yeah. inside the desk. Yeah. In like the, yeah, I love it. I think it's really funny. Yeah, you should read what's in the fruit bowl because yeah, it's fruity. It's amazing. It's uh, this guy's office. This is uh, this guy's office. Yeah, rocker. it's fruit salad. It's fruits. It's word salad. It's fruit <laughs> salad. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. Oh, bro, I love it. Um, you know, I, I don't mean to come down. You know, I don't know. I think this is kind of interesting for me because when I first got to know Teravangian, I I really was picturing this kindly old man. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed his character. I thought, okay, this is a really good guy. Yeah. Now with this diagram thing, which initially I do like this idea of the diagram, Mm -hmm. but now I've come into this weird place where initially I was kind of digging this diagram and have it be kind of rigid. Okay. And have the followers be kind of culty. They totally are. But like, well, 
it's they, when he they starts are, to, but they're also but they're switching the code. They're 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 turning the dial. Well, he's they're, they're not switching the code. He is switching. I it. know. I know. And like I, I I let's get to that part when he's like, "What do you mean, you've you've changed it or whatever?" Like, let's get to that yeah. part because right, that's, right. that's a really okay. cool part. Yeah, I just uh, he's become a bit ridiculous for me now. I. I kind of want to get back to him being more sinister and competent in this form. Right mm. now, it's just being dismissive, and and I don't know. I we'll we'll see. For those that are listening that really like Teravangian, uh, my apologies if I'm being very dismissive with him. But I just, yeah, I'm just I'm at odds with him right now. Um, where was the key? Con- okay, uh, f- it, the assassin in white had failed. Fortunately, there were contingencies. Okay, the initial explanation of the Dalinar paradigm from the Catechism of the Headboard, backside, third quadrant, it had been written in meter as a poem and presaged that Dalinar would attempt to unite the world. So if he looked to the second contingency, ah, oh, the second contingency, okay. Teravanchian wrote furiously, seeing words instead of numbers, and full of energy for a time he forgot his age, his aches, the way his fingers trembled, sometimes even when he wasn't so excited. The diagram hadn't been, hadn't seen the effect of the second son Renarin would have. He was a completely wild element. Teravangian finished his notations proud and wandered toward the door, which he opened without looking up. What do you think about this, dude? Well, I love that Renarin is uh, considered to be a wild element according to his, his diagram. And hadn't seen the effect. Ah, so the diagram, so Renarin, I like that actually. He lies outside of the diagram. Yeah. The diagram cannot foretell what Renarin is going to do or how Renarin is going to be involved in anything. Right. It's awesome. I think what that speaks to is he's a truth, what's it again? Truth Truth watcher? watcher. Yeah. So if he's involved with, with what I would I guess I'll, I'll afford Renarin this, this potentiality, if you will. Mm-hmm. He could be seeing the future for real. We, that, we've assumed that, right? We've assumed okay, that he I've, has. I've assumed that. I don't know what you know, but I've assumed that that's a component to being a truth watcher. Right. And it's like a curse. We know it's that like he a, has seen the future because he was able to uh, predict them going mm. out to that plateau in the Battle of the Everstorm. He knew that that was going to happen and he knew exactly what day it was going to happen because he would scratch it on the walls, right? Right. So we know he can foretell the future. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know if that means he can like, he'll get a vision like Dalinar. We don't know what that, what that means at all. But the fact that he right. can see some semblance of the future right. means that he has the ability to act in the present and that means the diagram based on that see what he'll do because he has free will to act on the information he has so that's why it says the diagram hadn't seen the effect the second son renarin would have he was a completely wild element well you know you know what's interesting is that renarin basically represents what teravangian wishes he was right able to see Right. That's, that's, I think the, the whole point here, like the diagram falls apart in, in some respects because of Renarin. Right. Because Teravangian cannot predict what Renarin's going to do. And it's like, 
What? Yeah. Like I, I this it is really, makes this it is... makes this character of Renarin that we know very little about even mm-hmm. more interesting. Mm-hmm. Because it's uh, like Sanderson is creating something around this character that we he's not really giving us much, but what he has given us is Boba Fett, man. He's giving he's Boba <laughs> Fetting this character a lot. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Teravangian finished his notations proud and wandered toward the door, which he opened without looking up. Get me a copy of the surgeon's words upon my birth. Oh, and kill those children. The music trailed off as the children heard what he had said. <laughs> the music spread flitted away. Well, you mean quiet them from singing, Moral says. Whatever. I'm perturbed by the Voran hymns as a reminder of historic religious oppression of ideas and thought. Yeah, you requested these hymns. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Tervangin returned to his work, but a short time later, a knock came at the door, and he flung it open. I was not to be... Interrupted, Andratagia says, proffering him a sheet of paper. The surgeon's words you requested. We keep them handy now, considering how often you ask for them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Asking for the surgeon's words often. Fine, he says. We need to talk, Vargo. No, we... She walked in anyways. And then stopped, inspecting the cut-up pieces of the diagram. Are you... No, he says. I haven't become him again, but I am me. For the first time in weeks. But this isn't you. This is the monster you sometimes become. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm not. I'm not smart enough to be in the dangerous zone, the zone where annoyingly they claimed that he was too smart to be allowed to make decisions, as if intelligence were somehow a liability. Absolutely, it mm-hmm. is for sure. Just like anything could be. Yep. She unfolded a piece of paper from the pocket of her skirt. Yes, your daily test. You you stopped on this page, claiming that you couldn't answer the next question. Damnation. She'd seen it. Well, if you'd answered, she says, it would have proved that you were intelligent enough to be dangerous. But instead, you decided you couldn't manage. A loophole we should have considered. You knew that if you finished the question, that we would restrict your decision-making for the next... Sorry, for the day. Mm-hmm. So he ignores her completely here. Yeah. And he asks her a question. Do you know about stormlight growth? Brushing past her and taking one of the pages that he'd written earlier. Vargo, she says. Like, she wants to address this. Yeah. Because he's cheated the test. Right. He said, oh, I'm not smart enough to finish this paper. Right. Knowing full well he was, knowing full well that if he did, that he wouldn't be allowed to do anything today. Because he'd be too smart. And too dangerous. Calculating the total surface area for farming at Urethiru, he says, and uh, comparing it to the projected number of rooms that could be occupied, I've determined that even if food grew here naturally, it's uh, as it would in the t- at the temperatures of your average uh, fecund plain, it could not provide enough to sustain the entire tower. Well, what about trade, she says? Well, I have trouble believing the Knights Radiant always threatened with war would build a fortress like this to be anything but self-sufficient? Have you read Golombi? I like this name, this Golombi name. Mm-hmm. This is cool. Um, of course I have, she says, and you know it. You think they enhance the growth by use of stormlight-infused gemstones, providing light to darkened places? Nothing else makes sense, does it? So, providing light to dark places, this is where they grew their food? Yeah, so he, he's saying that in order for them to be able to grow f- enough food for everyone that could fit in Urethiru, the mm-hmm. outside gardens aren't enough. 
So they would have had to have grown gardens and food inside the tower in dark spaces by using stormlight infused gems. Right. Dude, it's cool. Hydroponics. It's it's really cool. It is hydroponics. Yeah, you're right. That's awesome. Um, Nothing else makes sense, does it? Well, the tests are inconclusive, she says. Yes, Spherelight inspires growth in a dark room when Candlelight cannot, but Galambi says that the results have been compromised and the efficiency is... Oh, bah, that's distraction, Vargo. We're discussing what you've done to circumvent the rules you yourself set out. When I was stupid, he says. When you were normal, she Mm -hmm. says. Yeah, but normal is stupid, Adro. He took her by the shoulders and firmly pushed her out of the room. I won't make policy decisions, and I'll avoid ordering the murder of any further groups of melodic children. (laughs) Fine, all right, now leave me alone. You're stinking up the place with an air of contented idiocy. And he shut the door, and deep down he did feel a glimmer of shame. Had he actually called Adratagia an idiot? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's my little highlight of who Teravangian is, where I get a sense of, like, you know, remorse. He or... remembers about himself a little bit. Like, did I just do that to her? Like, my closest yeah. ally, my closest confidant? Right. Well, there's nothing to do but it now. She would have to understand. Well, don't count on that. Mm-hmm. You keep abusing people in this state. Don't count on this adherence that people will have for you. Again, you're going to end up being isolated in a a room with four walls. Mm -hmm. He set to work again, cutting out more of the diagram, arranging it, searching for any mention of the Blackthorn, as there was too much in the book to study today, and he had to be focused on their current problem. Dalinar lived, and he was building a coalition. So what did Teravangian do now? Another assassin? What is the secret, he thought, holding up sheets from the diagram, finding one where he could see the words on the other side through the paper. Could that have been intentional? What should I do? Please show me the way. Mm-hmm. This, come on, please show me the way. Now he's Who is praying, he speaking to? He's praying to the diagram. Right. Yeah. So he claims to be this non-religious person. This is, like, you're in it. Yep. He's totally like, in it. Like, you are so in it. This is, you know, if... Navani was involved, if the Veristatalians were involved, the other scholars and scribes, mm-hmm. if he had a, if he had a, you know, an organization where yeah. you had multiple intelligences looking at things, deciphering things, mm-hmm. analyzing things, okay, fine. There's, there's the incredulity, the scrutiny, you know, but that's not what this is. Right. This is all stemming from one person. From him. No scrutiny, no other intelligence is allowed in, mm-hmm. you know. And that's when you run into trouble. Um, what should I do? Please show me the way. He scribbled words on a page. Light, intelligence, and meaning. He hung them on the wall as if to inspire him, but he couldn't keep reading the surgeon's words, the words of a master healer who had delivered Teravangian through a cut in his mother's belly. He had the cord wrapped around his neck, and the surgeon had said that the queen will know the best course. But I regret to inform her that while he lives, your son may have diminished capacity. Perhaps this is one to keep on outer estates in favor of other heirs. Wow. Harsh. Mm-hmm. This is where we get a little bit of Teravangian's, um 
It's something more human. It's the, this is where the chip on his shoulder comes from. Right. But also it's tragic. I mean, he, you know, could have been a discarded baby. Yeah. You know? Like, that's what the surgeon is suggesting here is that, uh, well, this is, you might want to keep this child on a farm. Yeah. He had a, the cord wrapped around his throat. He's going to have diminished mental capacity. Right. So this is the one bit of, in this chapter where I'm, I'm kind of more sympathetic to Teravangian. Yeah, brings you back. Brings me back a little bit rather than just dismissing him as this crazy lunatic. Um, he'd overcome the reputation in magnificent ways, and now he'd save the world. Well, the part of the world that mattered. Yeah, that's my problem, Teravangian. Mm-hmm. Your judgments. Oh, well, they should read and they should not. Well, when's it going to end? He worked for hours pinning up more portions of the diagram. Then scribbling on them as connections came to him, using beauty and light to chase away the shadows of dullness and ignorance, giving him answers. He merely needed to interpret them. Yeah, again, there's that word, interpret. Mm-hmm. He, his maid finally interrupted him. Yeah, <laughs> this is funny. I thought she was toast. Yeah. His maid finally interrupted him. The annoying woman was always bustling around, trying to make him do this or that, as if he didn't have more important concerns than soaking his feet. (laughs) Idiot woman, he shouts. She didn't flinch, but walked forward and put a tray of food down beside him. Can't you see that my work here is important? I haven't time for food. She set out a drink for him and then infuriatingly patted him on the shoulder. (laughs) And as, as she left... He noticed Adratagia and Moral standing right outside. Yeah, she pats you like that. She pats him on <laughs> the shoulder. Infuriatingly pats him on the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't suppose, he said to Moral, that, ex- that you'd execute the maid that I demand, the maid if I demanded it? We have decided, the bodyguard said, that you are not allowed to make such decisions today. To damnation with you then. I almost have the answers anyway. We must not assassinate Dalinar Colon. The time has passed for that. Instead, we must support his coalition. Then we force him to step down so that I can take his place at the head of the monarchs. So this is textbook here. So the first interpretation of the diagram is, oh, well, assassin in white, that's mm-hmm. the way. Oh, wait, that didn't work? Well, now this is the way. Right. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Adratagia walked in and inspected his work. Did, okay, I'll say this. I, I would have maybe preferred that the diagram was, was very correct, Mm -hmm. you know, seemingly very well built. Yeah. And maybe then what, then maybe tying it to Renarin in some way, like if there's going to be something that shatters the diagram, it should be Renarin. It seems like that's what he said earlier was that mm-hmm. it, that could happen because Renarin's choices, as far as we can kind of extrapolate here, his choices yeah. will run counter to what the diagram has already predicted. Right. <clears throat> because the diagram was written before Renarin was a truth watcher. And mm-hmm. now that he's truth watching, he, it's a factor the diagram didn't come into consideration for if we want to take Dalinar's assassination by Zeth as an example of the diagram not working did Renarin have anything to do with that right he didn't really 
No. Right? Because it was Dalinar and Adolin and Kaladin that kind of prevented Zeth from killing Dalinar in that, uh, the, the, in that, in the palace that day. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's strange. I, I don't know if Renarin has anything to do with that, but we know Kaladin did and Kaladin's presence there and being a windrunner really messed Zeth up. And that's why right. things didn't work out the way that the, that the diagram said that they were going to. So. Adritasia walks in and inspects his work. I doubt Dalinar will simply give leadership of the coalition to you. Tervangian rapped on a set of papers stuck on the wall. Look here. It should be clear, even to you. I foresaw this. Yeah, but you've made changes, Moral said, to the diagram. Only little ones. Look, see, the original writing here, I didn't change that, and it's clear. Our task now is to make Dalinar withdraw from leadership and take his place. We don't kill him? Moral asks. Tervangian eyed him, and then turned and waved toward the other wall, and even more papers stuck to it. Killing him now would only raise suspicion. Yes, Adratagia says, I see this interpretation of the headboard. We must push the Blackthorn so hard that he collapses, mm -hmm. but we'll need secrets to use against him. Easy, Teravangian says, we send that Dustbringer's Spren to spy. Down in our colon reeks of secrets. We can break him, and I can take his place, as the Coalition will see me as non-threatening, whereupon we'll be in a position of power to negotiate with Odium who will by laws of spren and gods be bound by the agreement made wow dealing with odium yeah so this is this is his plan yeah his plan is finally laid bare for us here even morale's yeah. like can't we beat odium instead instead of making a deal with yeah. him can't we yeah. try to beat him which of course, would be what the others are going to try to Which do. Which is as what well. Dalinar is going to try to do, right? Dalinar's right. trying to win, right, against Odium, and Moral's like, "Can't we do that?" And then he's like, "The muscle-bound idiot." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the Caravangian. The di diagram is clear, Moral. This is the purpose of its creation. We cannot beat the enemy, so instead, we save whatever we can. This is the whole point of what the right. diagram is, isn't to save the world. It's, it's that to save we what are, you can. It's accepting ex odium. Exactly. That odium right. is going to win and that we will try to save as much as we can. More than this likely. This is Saruman. This is, this is Saruman. This is like, you can have the world odium, but leave us Carbranth. Um, I think this is a betrayal. The diagram is kind of like the stones, I forget what they're called, the, the, the all-seeing stones in, uh, in um, Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. The, one, the, the, the ones that basically provide false information to both Saruman mm -hmm. and to the king in uh, yep. Minas Tirith, yep. or the, the steward, yep. because it, it gives them a false sense of, of hope, reality, and they go along with it. Right. Um. The only way Teravangian agreed, Dalinar would never accept this fact. Only one man would be strong enough to make that sacrifice. Teravangian felt a glimmer of something, a memory. Give me the capacity to save us, he says. Take this, he says to Adutagia, pulling down a sheet he'd annotated. 
This will work. She nodded, towing Moral from the room as Tervangian knelt before the broken, ripped, sliced-up remnants of the diagram. Light and truth. Save what he could. Abandon the rest. Thankfully, he had been given that capacity. So he wants to make a deal with Odium where he will yeah. save a very small amount of human, like of humankind and give yeah. the rest to Odium. Right. It's not so saving the world. Selling out. No. Yeah. No, he's not saying, well, to him in his mind, he's saying I'm saving the world because I'm saving what can be saved. Right. Which is him and his people. Right. Right. Whether or not that's Carbranth yeah. or just the people of the diagram. Right. You know what I mean? What's your, uh, what's your highlight for this amazing, amazing interlude? I don't know. This, uh, my, my highlight, I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would call my highlight of this. I think the killing of the, of the choir boys. It's like so the, funny. Like the, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. Yeah. Killing the choir boys, um, is quite humorous. Yeah. I'll, I'll pick something like that for this because ultimately this is a, it's a strange thing for me. I, I kind of wanted a bit more for the diagram. Mm -hmm. I, I, his, yeah, I don't know. Teravangian for me is falling apart. He's a dangerous Even, man with a dangerous organization with a very complicated codex and he has the power and the resources to make whatever he wants come true. He's very dangerous. I think, to be honest with you, the thing that I fear the most yeah. about the diagram and about um, what he's doing is his alliance with Dalinar. Yeah. Well, Dalinar, yet again, is being, is having the wool pulled over his eyes. Right. And he can't, he doesn't see it coming. He sees Teravangian as a very kindly old man who was the only one to support him early on. Now that Azir mm -hmm. is interested, now that Thalina is interested, now that all these other countries are going to start falling in line. Right. He'll see Teravangian as the person he respects and trusts the most because he was with them from the beginning. So right. we get to know that Dalinar and no one else gets to know that. So it'll be interesting no. to see, to read what comes up next. Right. My, my highlight is, is Renarin. Yeah. Renarin is an X factor. Lying like we knew he was. Wild element. Right. We knew he was an X factor. We knew that there mm -hmm. was something going on with him, but it's great that yeah. someone else in the story is aware. Is saying so. Yeah. The, yeah. Renarin, the something with Renarin. And of course it makes sense that Teravangian is the one who notices it. Right. Right. Because I, it doesn't line up with, with the diagram. Right. I fucking love it, bro. It's so cool. You know, what would be great is uh, either one of two things, Teravangian's plot, if you will, mm -hmm. um, to, to basically deal with Odium rather than challenge him. Yeah. You're making a deal here. It would be great if somebody within his organization goes to Dalinar. And says, this is what's up. And this is what's up. That would be cool. Or the other part of Teravangian's self, like the stupid one or whatever, like tells him, like oh, by the way, I, my, my, the smart me is trying to fuck you over. Right. Right. That would be cool. That's a, that's a little, I'll, I'll throw that out there as a prediction. Oh, that's fun. That, that's actually really fun. <laughs> But he's so stupid, he doesn't know how to put it into words and stuff. He doesn't know how to say it, yeah, right? Maybe, or, or like doesn't know. I, I just think, <laughs> actually, actually, the more the more I think about it now, for a better story, I suppose, as a reader, you could be thinking that, oh, okay, well, Adratagia has realized this is folly, this is not good. I'm going to go to Dalinar, and then that 
that's the end of her. I love Advertagia. I think she's yeah. awesome. I love this whole th- dynamic with morale and you know, you're not, yeah. we've, we've decided you're not to make any kind of policy today. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've yeah. decided. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I right. do like, I, I'll say that I'm thankful for those characters for being gatekeepers of Teravangian. Yeah. I am grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways. All right. A fascinating, a fascinating interlude, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah. One last interlude here. Okay, our final interlude today mm-hmm. is Venley's I-6, This One Is Mine. Yeah. What, so this is confusing for me. Yeah, you said that uh, pre-recording that help uh, you were having a hard time understanding what exactly happened here. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, uh, yeah I'm sort of confused by it. Okay, well, let's go through um, it and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll and, parse and, it out. So Venley was determined to live worthy of power, mm-hmm. worthy of it. She presented herself with the others, a small group selected from the remaining listeners, and braced for the oncoming storm. She didn't know if Ulim or his phantom masters, the ancient listener gods, could read her mind. Okay, so let's get clear about this first. Ulim for her. Is that her spren? Ulim is the spren that was ordering them about whenever they found Eshenai's body down in the right. chasms. Right. And um, Ulim is an ancient spren who's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And we find out in this interlude that Ulim is also the spren that helped Venli discover Stormform. Right. So he's the one that... That kind of orchestrated it. the creation of the, the Everstorm. Right. Right. Wow. But if they could, they'd find out, they'd find that she was loyal. Mm-hmm. This was war and Venli among its vanguard. She had discovered the first void spren. She had discovered storm form and she had redeemed her people. She was blessed. Yeah. Oh, like storm blessed. Right. So she's, she's here with these other listeners ready mm. to get a new form of power. Right. Today would prove it. Nine of them had been selected. Oh, nine. Mm-hmm. Not 10. Not 10. Nine. Nine had been selected from among the 2,000 listener survivors, Venley included. Demid stood beside her with a wide grin on his face. Now, Demid was her, was her mate or uh, partner? Her or once mate. When they were... Her once mate. At one point, okay. they were both in mate form and they mm-hmm. were, you know, probably hanging out in alcoves and whatnot. You know how it goes. <laughs> you know how that, that mate form life goes. He like. He loved to learn new things, and the storm was another adventure. They'd been promised something great. You see, Esh and I, Venley thinks, you see what we can do if you don't hold us back? Oh, mm. that's, what a sting. For me, it's like a, it's a burn. There's, um, there's a moment in this uh, interlude that's going to come up here, and mm-hmm. I made a real big note of it on my sheet here to make sure oh, that you? you, you get some, you're going to get some flowers today. You're going to get given oh. your flowers today. So let's, let's keep reading. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when it comes Okay. Up. You let me know. Yeah. Because out of the three interludes, this is the one that just kind of swirled as I was reading it. I, mm-hmm. I didn't quite land anywhere specific with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, maybe I maybe it'll largely... land now live on, on recording. Okay. So. Oh, great. Cool. All right. Yes, that's it. Ulim says, rippling across the ground as vibrant red energy. 
Good, good. All in a line. Keep facing west, he says. Or it says. I'm not sure if it's a he or how they describe one. Mm -hmm. Should we seek for cover before the storm, envoy? Melu asks, to the rhythm of agony. Or should we carry shields? Ulim took the form of a small person before them. Don't be silly. This is our storm. You have nothing to fear. And it will bring us power, Venli said. Power beyond even that of the storm form. Well, she's asking. Great. Yeah, she's asking, yeah. Yeah, even it, beyond it, it, the power it, of storm form? Great power, Ulim says. You've been chosen. You're special. But you must embrace this and welcome it. You have to want it, or the powers will not be able to take a place in your gem hearts. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is so sinister because this is ultimately the death of who they are. Right. 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 And this is kind of getting an inside view on what's happened. You know, we met Lady Leshwi. We met all these different fused, you know, with through Moash yep. and through Kaladin. This yep. is what happens to the people that the fused take over, these husks. A little right. later on, Demid is yep. going to call Demid the corpse. Right. Like he's animating this ancient being, this fused, is taken over this husk known as Demid, using it. Right. Right? right. And they don't care if they get killed in battle because they will be reborn on the next Everstorm. In the next Just husk. like Lady Leshwi did, right? right? Lady Leshwi was in a husk. She was in a corpse. Moash yeah. killed her and she just came back. Yeah, this is a... Uh, it's a... I mean, I'm hoping Venli... I'm hoping for Venli's breakaway here. What this is showing us That's what I was hoping even for, more but... so is that the listeners, the regular yeah. folk are the victim here. Yeah. Deceived by their own gods. Right. 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 Which is why a group of them didn't want their return. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's right. exactly why. Right. Okay. Well, all that's very tragic. Um, Okay. Welcome it. You have to want it, this power, says Ulim. Or you will not be able to take a place in your gem hearts. Venli had suffered so much, but this was her reward. She was done with a life spent wasting away under human oppression. She would never again be trapped or impotent. With this new power, she would always be able to fight back. So mm -hmm. this is, again, really tragic because you're you're seeking a way to i guess get out from under the oppression and in your search for power mm -hmm. it ends up being a curse even more oppressed right even more oppressed yeah. yeah the everstorm appeared from the west returning as it had before a tiny village in the near distance fell into the storm's shadow and then was illuminated by the striking of bright red lightning Venley stepped forward and hummed to craving, holding her arms out to the sides. And the storm wasn't like the high storms. No storm wall of blown debris and creme water. This was far more elegant. It was a billowing cloud of smoke and darkness, lightning breaking out on all sides, coloring it crimson. She tips her head back to meet the boiling, churning clouds and was consumed by the storm. Mm -hmm. It was angry and violent darkness overshadowed her. 
Flecks of burning ash streamed past her on all sides, and she felt no rain. This time, just the beat of thunder and the storm's pulse. Mm -hmm. But the ash bit into her skin, and somehow, and something crashed down beside her, rolling on the stones. Was it a tree? Yes, a burning tree. Sand and shredded bark and pebbles washed across her skin and carapace. She knelt down, eyes squeezed closed, arms protecting her face from the blown debris. So, so Ulam, again, Ulam just said, there's no, oh, this is a safe, you're safe with yeah, this storm. No debris. And then look at all the debris. Right. A lies. Something larger glanced off her arm, cracking her carapace. Oh, now she's getting injured. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. She gasps, and something dropped to the stone ground, curling up. A pressure enveloped her, pushing at her mind, her soul. Let me in. So this pressure, this is the first, I guess, uh, un, or uh, not unmade, um, or is it? No, no, not brand. the unmade. No, unmade are the ancient, ancient, like... Um, like Ray Shafir and Nargaul yeah. and this is, this is one of these ancient sprens that are trying to jam their way into her storm heart. Like, like happened to Demid. Right. Demid is let, about to let one in and then Demid will forever be changed and will be dead. And this new thing will come from it, which is this fused. And right. this is, this is this one trying to get into her. Let me in. Let me in. With difficulty, she opened herself up to this force. This was just like adopting a new form, right? Mm -hmm. Pain seared her insides as if someone had set fire to her veins. And Venley screamed and sand bit her tongue. Tiny coals ripped at her clothing and singeing her skin. And then a voice. What is this? It was a warm voice, an ancient paternal voice, kindly and enveloping. Please, Venley says, gasping in breaths of smoke, of smoky air, please. Yes, the voice said. Choose another. This one is mine. The force that had been pushing against her retreated, and the pain stopped. Something else, something smaller, less domineering, took its place. And she accepted this spren gladly, and then whimpered in relief, attuned to agony. So the first spren was denied by this other entity. Something. So this is where I'm... Yeah, so that? something tried to get into her gem heart, and it was right. causing her major pain. Right. It was probably the same thing that killed Demid and took over his corpse. And then another right. vo and a voice comes and says, what is this? Right. And the voice was warm, ancient, and paternal. Right. The All-Father. Well, not the All-Father. There's the Almighty. Or sorry. And then there is the Storm-Father. A paternal voice. Right. And then Venley begs, please, please. And then that voice says, yes. And then demands of this thing that's trying to invade her, choose another. This one is mine. Right. And then... So, so do you, is this confirmation the, that it's the Stormfather? I can't... Uh, this is my you reading of it. This is my reading okay. of it. Because okay. it's the paternal voice. That word paternal right. is very important because there is no forces out there that are a father or a mother other than 
Yeah. Stormfather. The, 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 the word, it's in the name, right? So this is my reading of it. But it says the force that had been pushing against her retreated and the pain stopped. Stops, But then yeah. something else, something smaller, something less domineering took its place. So she did accept something into her gem heart, but not right. something violent and crushing and domineering. Something A more- A Something more peaceful and pleasant. We don't know what yeah, it was. So this is this is interesting. What what I find is weird. Okay, so I thought that there was something to this effect when I was reading it. Mm-hmm. Um and but what I'm kind of unclear about is if it's the Stormfather, right, or a benevolent right. entity, mm-hmm. then what is this? Some kind of a game then between the the void spren or these ancient spren that are trying to take over the listeners and turn them into these fused mm-hmm. um it seems like kind of a game it's like well no this one's mine this one's on my team now right we, we we'll have kind a confrontation it almost sounds like that right it does it's it sounds like you're putting together a sports team it's yeah. like okay well you can you have one of eight pick. other ones but this one's mine this one's mine this one will fight on my team at some point against you mm-hmm in the future, it just, that part of it seemed kind of There seems to be some to kind of connection to Eshenai. Because later, she says she sees a spren that she saw near Eshenai's body in the chasms. Yeah. And it's near her. And she puts her hand over to cover it so that the fused can't see it. And it's the same kind of spren, maybe even the same spren she saw near Eshenai's body. So... Wait, that happens a little later in this, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Right. And it's the same spread we saw when she found Eshenai's body and they took the shard plate off of her and stuff. And there was a weird spread that floated up from, uh, from Eshenai's body at the end. Mm-hmm. So anyways, there's, 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 this is just, I'll just say this straight up. This is a piece of something greater about to happen that we don't really fully understand with Venli yet. We do know, though, oh, okay. that she gotcha. was supposed to become a fused and yeah. some force stopped her, which in essence, some force saved her life. Right. Okay. I don't know if she's going to become one of the uh, ra- like radiance or whatever. That's really cool. Let's just keep reading. Let's just keep reading. That's really great. Because that, that uh, I mean... You that's know, what you I, wanted for Eshenai, right? Well, I wanted that for Eshenai yeah. and, and was, and was, she was cut short and, um, and in some ways Venli is this, you know, I, I always have a, um, a bit of a tripping with characters that don't get it right away, mm-hmm. you know? So like Venli's the one who is, oh, well, we must have this power to fight against the oppression of the humans and I'm going to stop at nothing to get this storm form. Right. And then. But, but Eshenai is kind of like, well, hang on, aren't we losing ourselves along this journey? No, we have to have the power of Eshenai. See, Eshenai, if you would right. just get out of so, my way. Yeah. Like that whole thing. So, and then of course, Eshenai dies, mm-hmm. uh, trying to wield this power and go up against the humans yeah. in this battle and dies because of it. You know, what's really funny is that. And then Venli's the character that's given the opportunity of, of redemption. I. I just, I've always had a bit of a tripping up with this kind of thing. Right. Um, Venli almost dies from drinking salt here. Venli almost dies from drinking salt. 
What? What's, the, what's the metaphor we just learned in the Taravendian yeah, chapter? From, uh, from the story. From, uh, right. She you, had bad information. Bad information. And acted yeah. on it and she almost and lost acted. her life. Right. But some force came in and changed things for her. Hmm. Interesting. I can't wait till for you to read more about Venley. It's awesome. Yeah. It's going it, to, I mean, my heart will be open. My gem heart will be open <laughs> to receive Venley back into the fold. It's just, I, I just was so, my, it's my longing as a reader that I'm like, oh, Ash and I, like, I just, I don't know. I had, I had grand hopes for mm-hmm. her and, uh, story arc and whatnot and of course it was ash and i that i wanted to break away from her people right and and become this be part thing of the band. next to kaladin yeah, yeah mm-hmm. be part of the band yeah mm-hmm. um okay but venley it looks like venley uh, hopefully will give us hope our the, our hope that mm-hmm. we need uh an eternity seemed to pass as she lay huddled before the storm finally the winds weakened the lightning faded and the thunder moved into the distance. She blinks. She blinked the grit from her eyes. Bits of cremstone and broken bark streamed from her. She coughs and stands up. Her clothing was ruined with her singed skin. But she was no longer storm form. Mm-hmm. She had changed. And she was confused. Was this nimble form? Okay, so I'm going I'm to tell you this. Mm-hmm. This was a weird theory I thought uh, when I was reading this. I thought that when she couldn't recognize her form, mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be transformed into a human. Oh, at first when you're into, like, what into a, a strange, like where she, like, cause it described her having breasts. And I thought, oh my God, yeah. is she, a, is she a human mm-hmm. with like, you know, red skin, like red and black marbled skin or, or, you know, you know, just, but in a humanoid form. Right. And I was kind of getting excited about that. I was like, well, that's, that's, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still, she's still a listener, right? Like she still, still looks listener. marble skinned and she still has yeah. some carapace, but she's no mm-hmm. longer storm form. She doesn't look no. like, you know, what she used to look like before, even before she adopted storm form. This is a new form for her. And she right. equates it to like, maybe this is like what nimble, this is nimble, nimble form? form. It's the closest she her, can, her, you know, really associate it with. Her clothing felt larger mm-hmm. on her body. Her body was smaller. Um, and her body no longer bore its impressive musculature. Mm-hmm. She attuned to rhythms and found they were still new ones, the violent, angry rhythms that came with forms of power. This wasn't nimble form, but it also wasn't anything that she recognized. She had breasts, though they were small, as with most forms outside of mate form, and long hair strands. She turned about to see if the others were the same. Demid was standing nearby, though his clothing was in tatters. He was well-muscled. Sorry, his well-muscled body wasn't scored. He stood tall, far taller than, than her, with a broad chest and powerful stance. He seemed more like a statue than a listener. He flexed, his eyes glowing red, and his body pulsed with dark, violet power a glow that somehow evoked both light and darkness at once. It retreated, but Demid seemed pleased by his ability to invoke it. Well, what, was, what form was that, she asks, so majestic with ridges of carapace poking through his skin. Along the arms and at the corners of the face, Demid, she asks. He turned toward Melu, who strode up in a similar form and said something in a language Venley didn't recognize. The rhythms were there, though. And this was to derision. Demid, 
Venley asks again, how do you feel? What happened? He spoke again in that strange language, and his next words seemed to blur in her mind, somehow shifting until she understood them. Odium rides the very winds, like the enemy once did. Incredible. Aharat, is that you? Yes, Melu said. This feels good. This is so crazy. So this is where Melu I is now a fused name, Aharat. Aharat. So the being that's inside Melu's body is an ancient is being Aharat. known as Aharat. Yeah. That's right. Feel, Demid said. It feels. He took long, deep breath. It feels. They've been like without a body for thousands of years, right? Right. So, so they're just they're feeling, feeling things it. for the yeah, first he's time. feeling it. Have they gone mad? Venley, Venley is thinking. Nearby, Maroon pulled himself past a large boulder, which had not been there before. And with horror, Venley realized that she could see a broken arm underneath of the boulder and blood leaking out. In direct defiance of Ulim's promise of safety, one of them had been crushed. I love this. Mm -hmm. A reminder of the deception of Ulim. Though Maroon had been blessed with a tall, imperious form like the others, he stumbled. As he stepped back away from the boulder, he grabbed the stone and then fell to his knees, his body coursing with dark violet light, and he groaned, muttering gibberish. Altoki approached from the other direction, standing low, teeth bared, her steps like those of a predator. Mm -hmm. When she drew closer, Venley could see her whispering between bared teeth. High sky, dead winds, blood rain. Demid, Venley said to destruction, something has gone wrong. Sit down and wait. I will find the spren. Demid looked at her. You knew this corpse? This corpse? Demid, why? Oh, no. Oh, no, you aren't. Oh, bad, bad. Ulim, Venley demanded, attuning derision and gesturing at Demid. Something is wrong with my companions. What have you brought upon us? Mm-hmm. Don't talk to them, Venley, Ulim said, forming into the shape of a little man. Don't point at them. Nearby, Demid was pooling dark violet power in his hand, somehow studying her and Ulim. It is you, he said to Ulim. The envoy. You have my respect for your work, Spren. So this is Demid saying this to Ulam, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have my respect for your work, Spren. So this, so Ulam, the Spren, has been kind of like, I guess, a... A harbinger uh, of all this. The yeah, envoy. Yeah, like a, bringing this together, like right. finding the husks required mm-hmm. to facilitate Had to convince this. The, the, the listeners to become Stormform, to do the ritual, which would create the, uh, the Everstorm, which would pull all these souls out of damnation and into the storm, allowing them to be reborn into this desolation. Okay. You have my respect for your work, Spren. Ulam bowed to Demet. Please, Grand of the fused. See passion and forgive this child. You should explain to her, Demid said, so she does not aggravate me. Venley frowned. What is... Come with me, Ulam said, rippling across the ground. Concerned and overwhelmed by her experience, Venley attuned agony and followed. Behind, Demid and the others were gathering. Ulam formed as a person again. You're lucky. He could have destroyed you. Demid would never do that. Unfortunately for you, your once mate is gone. 
That's Harriel, and he has one of the worst tempers of all the fused. Harriel, what do you mean? She trailed off as the others spoke softly to Demet. Mm-hmm. They stood so tall, so haughty in their mannerisms, they were all wrong. Each new form changed a listener down to their ways of thinking, even their temperament. Despite that, you were always you. Even Stormform hadn't changed her into someone else. Mm-hmm. Perhaps she had become less empathetic and more aggressive, but she'd still been herself. So there's a good this, example of what's happened here. Even right. in Stormform, she was still her. She was maybe more right. aggressive, maybe short-tempered. Her personality changed, but she was still her. Still Venley. Right. Yeah, this is something else. Mm-hmm. Well, this was different. Demid didn't stand like her once mate or speak like him. No, she whispers. You said we were opening ourselves to a, a new spren, a new form. I said, Ulam hissed, that you were opening yourselves up. I didn't say what would enter. Look, your gods need bodies. It's like this every return. You should be flattered. Flattered to be killed? Yeah, for the good of the race. Those are the fused, ancient souls reborn. What you have, apparently, is just another form of power, a bond with a lesser voidspren, which puts you above common listeners, who have normal forms, but a step below the fused. A big step. Mm-hmm. Now, so it would appear that Ulam doesn't really know what went on. No, Ulam assumes... He thinks it's another lesser voice Yeah, just a regular, regular voice spread. But like, that's, like that's a storm not what's form, happened. Like a whatever. Right. But we don't think that's what happened because the, the thing no. that entered her body was calm and... Paternal. Paternal yeah, and something, something else. nice. So, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is really great. Is this the thing you wanted me to... No, to, not yet. No? It's coming right here. Oh, there's something else? There's a little something here, so I want to I wanna point out to give you some flowers. Here, keep going. It's oh, coming up. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. Because all of this is much more clear than when I first read it. I didn't really understand what was going on. Right. I didn't, I didn't piece this together. I sometimes like that, that we, we talk about it and things become clearer when we talk about it. Yeah, that happens me too. to me too, well, like when we realize something that I never knew, having read the book multiple times and we discover something new in it. I, I like that. That's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> um, okay, so she nods. Uh, hang on, a big step. She nods and then starts to walk back toward the group. Wait, Ulam says. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? I'm going to send that soul out, she said, and bring Demon back. He needs to know the consequences before he can choose such a drastic... Back, Ulam said. He's dead. As you should be. This is bad. What, what did you do? Did you resist like that sister of yours? There it is. Out of, out of my way. Hold on, right there. Right. Did you resist like that sister of yours? So, so she we res- knew, now know that Esh and I resisted this process as well. Wait a sec, bro. Did that, does that mean that something good did enter Esh and I initially? This, well, remember what I said at the very end of that last interlude, there was a f- tiny little spren that came out of Esh and I's body. That's right. So you were right when you said Eshenai did resist. She was herself. She was guided by misinformation, but she did stay true and was able to let food in those people go because there was still a part of her that was holding on that was resisting. A part of her that still maintained a sense of honor or... Of, Of self. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Wow. Isn't that cool? See, there it is. There it's, it is, bro. That's amazing. I, uh, okay. The only thing I'm confused about then with Eshenai is that if a part of her resisted this, but she still took on storm form. Right. Like, like, like she still became storm form. At I, the very I just least. don't know when. The one thing that I'm a little confused about is I don't know if Ulam is referring to another moment when they tried to turn her into a fused and she resisted. I think what oh, she's saying is that right. she resisted fully her storm form and stayed even more Eshenai. And so you are stubborn like right. her when she was re fully resisted storm yeah, form. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, that's, that's more great. likely. Because if there was a scene where Eshenai actually was supposed to become a fused and she resisted... I think Sanderson yeah. would have wrote that and showed us that moment. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. So, but it's cool, dude. I'll take it. Like yeah. it's, it's that little thing I was looking for with mm -hmm. Esh and I, and there it is. Yeah. Um, Resi and it makes me feel, it makes me feel better now that her sister is realizing coming to and, uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to continue growing with mm -hmm. this. I don't know. This is great. Okay, it's much more clear to me now. Resist like that sister of yours. Out of my way, Venley says. He'll kill you. I warned of his temper. Envoy, Demid said to destruction, turning towards them. It wasn't his voice. She attuned in agony. It wasn't his voice. Let her pass, the thing with Demid's body said. I will speak with her. Ulam sighed. Bother. You speak like a human, Spren. Demid said, your service here was grand, but you use their ways, their language. I find that displeasing. Mm -hmm. Ulim rippled across the stones. Venli stepped up to the ground of fused who, two of them still had trouble moving. They lurched and stumbled to their knees. A different two wore smiles. They were twisted and wrong. The listener gods were not completely sane. We, we've already kind of heard this from Moash. That right. some of the fused are a little nuts because they've been, you know, in captivity for thousands of years. For thousands of years, <laughs> yeah, before coming back into these husks. Mm -hmm. I regret the death of your friend, good servant, Demid said, with a deep voice, fully in sync with the rhythm of command. Though you are the children of traitors, your war here is to be commended. You faced our hereditary enemies and gave no quarter, even when doomed. Please, Venley said. He was precious to me. Can you return him? He has passed into the blindness beyond, Demon said. Unlike the witless Voidspren you bonded, which resides in your gem heart, my soul cannot share its dwelling. Nothing, not regrowth or act of odium, can restore him now. Hmm. He reached out and took Venley by the chin, lifting her face, inspecting it. You were to bear a soul I have fought beside for thousands of years, she was turned away, and you were reserved. Odium has a purpose for you. Revel in that, and mourn not your friend's passing. Odium will bring vengeance at long last to those we fight. He let go of her, and she had to struggle to keep herself from collapsing. No, no, she would not show weakness. But Demid. She put him out of her mind, like Eshenai before him. This was the path. She had placed herself on from the moment she'd first listened to Ulam years ago, deciding that she would risk the return of her people's gods. So there it wow. is there so too. Ulam's been in the scene for years. Yeah, Ulam was working on Venli for years to try to bring this about. 
and wow. Venli just fell into it, right? She wanted power. Yeah. She wanted to be able to protect her people and defeat the Alethi right. on the Shattered Plains and listen to this wormwood type character of Ulim who like whispered in yeah. her ear and turned her whole people into things right. that they didn't really want to be. Yep, it's really tragic. Demet had fallen, but she had been preserved. And Odium himself, god of gods, had a purpose for her. Yeah, but but therein lies the mistake. That voice may not be Odium. Like we said, it could be the Stormfather. Mm -hmm. It could be something else. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So that's that's cool. Yeah. That's way better. And what I love about that is, is that this new form, this person that is inside of Demid, and the others, they can't detect it. No. Why can't they detect it? That's the... Yeah, it's, it's, that, all that part's interesting. We're not really sure about that. Okay. She sat down on the ground to wait as the fused conversed in their strange language. As she waited, she noted something hovering near the ground, a short distance away, a little spren that looked like a ball of light. Yes, she'd seen one of those near Eshenai. What was it? It seemed agitated and scooted across the stone closer to her, she instantly knew something, as instinctive truth, as sure as the storms and the sun. If the creatures standing nearby saw this spren, they would destroy it. She slapped her hand down over the spren as the creature wearing Demid's body turned toward her, and she cupped the little spren against the stone and attuned abashment. He didn't seem to notice what she'd done. Ready yourself to be carried he said, we must travel to Alethala. He's calling it Alethala because that's what he knows that country is. That's named, what he right? knows it as. Yeah. Yeah. So really, really cool. Awesome chapter wow. again. Uh, that's great. My, my highlight is you pointing that out, making this clear. I'm, gl I'm glad that's that, my uh, highlight. I'm glad that you mentioned earlier that it wasn't clear because I, um, it was not clear to me. I didn't understand what was going on. And I love that you pointed out that it could be the Stormfather. Well, the paternal, the word paternal really invokes yeah, that, right? I you're think. right. You're and right. And I, I might be uh, wrong about that, but it really feels okay. like that. It really does. And that's, and again, what I, like, I guess my highlight is that, is the possibility of that being true. Um, you know, Venli, it, I, I like that there's, an entity out there like Stormfather, mm -hmm. um, who is, you know, willing to pick up and save mm -hmm. others who I guess deserve it because of what Venli is expressing. Like she mm -hmm. deserves a second chance. Yeah. We don't know what, um, if it is the Stormfather, we don't know why he had motivation to even help Venli. Uh, maybe mm -hmm. it has something to do with Eshenai. Maybe there's some stuff we don't know about Eshenai um, that like transpired because of this whole little spren thing. We don't really know, mm -hmm. but um, obviously he had, or whoever this entity was, had interest in saving Venli's life. Regardless if it was a void spren, maybe it is Odium, and Odium wanted to um, to save Venli and not have her destroyed, but. The paternal voice thing is, mm -hmm. it's too, like it's too nice for it to be odium. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 So my, my oh, highlight amazing. I think is, Very cool. I think my highlight's the same, but I'm going to pick a, an alternate one just to have something different. Sure. I'm going to pick that. I really like that. We discover that Ulim has been kind of, you know, pulling the strings in this whole right. thing for years for and years time. and years. Yeah. So it's really, really neat that we finally get that reveal. 
Um, yeah. Um, so that's the end of the episode proper. Let's uh, quickly do an info dump here. Uh, Jack mm-hmm. and I are running a little bit late, so let's do this quickly. Um, Kaza is a Leoforan soul caster. She's a member of the royal family. We know that. And um, she is um, dying and wants to find a, a cure. Uh, Vazermeb uh, uh, is the captain of the first dream. Draws is also Leoforian, and the cook seems to be a sleepless in disguise. It is a very, mm. very cool chapter. Um, the uh, place called Akina, aka the Rock of Secrets and the Void's Playground, is an mm. island of Amia and the Western Roshar, protected by a mysterious storm, and is encircled by giant sulcast stones above and below the ground. Large gem hearts litter the shores nearby and ornate buildings crested with creme. This is very, very cool. This is where they used to get soul casters back in the day. Um, so a very, very cool place. Um, hopefully we get to hear a little bit more about it. Um, in the second uh, interlude, we get Dukar. Dukar is like one of the king's testers. He's the one who like kind of sets the test out for the king to decide whether or not he can be um, like involved in politics that day or not. We get this obscure reference from a literary uh, um, b- book called uh, Ustrific. Um, which is, um, it's a pretty DV is what, um, Joe writes as his note for it. Remember DV is the, uh, saying that red and gas use. It's super right. DV. Um, DV. yeah, it means it's like <laughs> kind of smooth. Um, yeah. and then, um, he talks about stormlight fa- farming here, uh, by a scholar named Golombi who maybe, uh, has figured out that s- using stormlight as you, like you pointed out, hydroponics is kind of a cool thing. Um, in this last, uh, interlude, this one is mine. Um, we get the names of some of these, um, of these fused Hariel and Aharat. Um, we also get a new, uh, rhythm, the rhythm of abashment. She cupped her little spren against the stone, attuning abashment. So another new rhythm here that we probably haven't really, you know, kind of come into before. Um, the nine listeners that were chosen were Demid, Milu, uh, Altaki, Maroon. Um, th- these are some of the names and only of those nine, only Venli sur- survived this, uh, this Everstorm coming through. Um, we, we find out that Ulam is known as the envoy and that he has been kind of pulling the strings this whole time. Mm-hmm. And Venli's new form is something that we, we haven't experienced with the listeners yet. It wasn't nimble form. It also wasn't anything recognizable. She had uh, a breast though, though they were small and she had new long hair strands. Uh, what you have apparently is just another form of power is what Ulam says, a bond with a lesser void spread, but we don't think that's true. So yeah, um, that's the end of the, uh, the info dump. Thank you so much to Buzzkill Joe for uh, doing mm-hmm. all that hard work for the, the, the info dump. We really appreciate everything you do, buddy. Um, normally we would read the, uh, patron list names, but Jack and I are running very, very late, um, today. So we are going to skip it. We hopefully will get it next week, guys. We know, really know that you like hearing your voice, your names read, uh, by my, 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 my shaky <laughs> voice and you love hearing the stress and anxiety that happens when I do it. So we'll get it, get it to you sometime <laughs> soon. If you want to be part of the Patreon team, you can go at patreon.com slash heroes of, you can get on the discord. You can be, um, we're, we're working on, uh, alternate ways of being able to get everyone involved in the live reads. Uh, last live mm-hmm. read we did, we had a few people that weren't able to join in. So we are going to be fixing that with werewolf wills help. Um, and, uh, yeah, so 
so please go to patreon.com slash heroes of if you want to be part of those um, if you want to just reach out to us you can do so at heroes of a at gmail.com on twitter at heroes of one you can hit us up on instagram at the storm pod or you just go to the subreddit the storm pod or the facebook page so yeah we really enjoyed these uh, moash uh, kaladin light uh, names that you came up with <laughs> keep bringing so us good. this kind of stuff we're really loving this engagement it's super fun for us so um, yeah so next chapter is yeah. the beginning beginning of part three, bro. Can I read? Yes, the... you can read the part three page right now if you want. Okay, yeah. You know the, like the, the beginning where it says part yeah. three and it says what it's oh, called? Yeah. Part three, defying truth, love truth. Wow. Dalinar, Shalon, Kaladin, and Adolin. So those are oh, going to be our POVs is... for part three. Wow. Uh, really, defying really great. Defying truth. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing two chapters, chapter 58 and 57 for anybody that's reading along. So wow. super excited to get to that. Um, <laughs> everyone, thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. Till next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra.